The UFC Picks podcast is brought to you by the UFC Picks app, a new free-to-play pick'em app that gives you the chance to win £5,000 in a cash giveaway. Check out the Picks app in the App Store and get your picks in now. Hello everybody and welcome to the UFC Picks show. So before we get stuck into UFC 259 and what a card that is, uh, we're gonna, we'll quickly touch on the, the, the card that's just happened because we've obviously we've got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Do you want to start with the... Where do you want to start? Uh, Moises Hernandez. Sure. Moises Hernandez. I will just say yeah. before we, we before we move on from that, Ronnie Lawrence was excellent. Mm, really enjoyed his, his yeah. style of fight. And I can see why there's a lot of hype around him. Felt bad for Kachiro. Just couldn't seem to find a way into the fight. He was Not like two or three yeah. steps behind. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> Alexis um, Davis looked good as well. Well, yeah. So I'm a bit disappointed in myself, to be honest, <laughs> because on review... I had Davis down and you swayed me, which will never happen again. But you swayed me and I changed it and I should never have changed it. And then, to be honest, I needed all the, all the right picks I could get for this one because it did not go very well at all. Um, I thought Davis was great. I thought she won how she should have won that fight. She sort of, she was outmatched on her feet really. So she deconstructed her with leg kicks and calf kicks and, and what have you. And then, yeah, just sort of beat her up really. Mm. Got her up against the fence and... and Beat her up. She's got good, you know. She's got a good, solid control when she's in that top position. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that could have really gone better is she could have got the sub. You know, yeah, she, she she did great. I thought it was a, I thought it was a very, um, I thought it was a very very good performance from her. Yeah, I mean, what she's 36, 30 fights into a record, fighting a, you know, taking on a young fighter. That I still just don't feel like Sabina Mazo has found her feet quite yet in MMA. Yeah. Like she, it's clear yeah. that she's got good kickboxing, and and her application of kickboxing is good when someone wants to kickbox with her. But as soon as she wants to start, as soon as she, as soon as her opponent wants to start grappling, she's not adapting her kickboxing game to deal with it. Yeah. So oftentimes yeah. her throwing kicks was leaving us leaving. But a, that is a tough process. Like how many times have we seen that? It's just a tough process to to get your head around, and then even once you got your head around, is then actually putting it into practice. It's a you know it's a tough process that just takes time, doesn't it? Yeah. You've got to learn your game compared to someone else's game and how it fits. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, you know, she's you know she's still young. There's a lot, lot of there's a lot of time for her to adapt, and obviously she's in the right team as well at Kings. Hmm. Um. But it's it is difficult. You you have to change certain things, and and like certain styles of kicks work better with others. But also, like committing to kicks, oftentimes is, is will save you getting taken down because yeah. you're blasting someone in the arm, and they can catch it if they want. But yeah. <clears throat> if they're catching it, they've got to move the arm out of the way to to wrap it, and it, and right. then they're taking it on the ribs. And I, I I think she's I think she's got a bright future, and physiologically as well, she's you know she's long and rangy, she could make all of that work for her. Um. It's just just it's a that, time thing, isn't it? It's just exactly a time that. time yeah. on the cold faced. You know, they'll they'll review it and they'll they'll deconstruct that. I'd imagine, and she'll come back better from that. Yeah, she's one for the future, isn't she? For yeah, sure, definitely. Yeah. She's still young, yeah. isn't she? What about Moises? Yeah, it was last just thirty really... seconds. Kept grabbing his nuts. What was that about? <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on! It's like, all right, dude. I thought he he incremented his game throughout that really nicely. Yeah. Like he just he, he, even towards the end, his like visible aggression sort of shrank Hernandez. You could almost see his like ego and his, you know, his shape just sort of shrink down a little mm-hmm. bit because he just sort of out, you know, he just out testosteroned yeah. him a little did, bit yeah. towards the end, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but he did that nicely in terms of incrementing it. You know, he didn't rush into that. He didn't go, he didn't go out all guns blazing. Mm. Um, but I thought, I thought it was a good fight and I thought it was well uh, timed by Moises. 
he did a lot of damage with that that those those um his right his right hand and his right kick he did a mm. lot of damage with them didn't he yeah and Hernandez was so heavy on that lead leg yeah like he's got yeah. an odd style yeah, Hernandez sort of, has yeah, yeah it's I mean I I think that style will work very well for MMA but I think a lot of people are doing it because they're mimicking other people right. And as I watch this fight, and as I've been watching a few fights recently, I'm I'm starting to realize that some of the younger generation fighters they are they're doing all the right things to make them look like, but they're mimicking. But they're mimicking other yeah. people. Yeah. A lot of people are mimicking the footwork that we saw Dillashaw using back in the day before he right. got suspended. And there was a big shift then when all of a sudden everyone started using that stepping through footwork yeah. and heavy on the lead leg. But to do it and to understand it are two different things. And I don't feel like Hernandez quite understood exactly the, what he was doing in there. You know what I mean? Like he, like he looked like he was knew what he was doing. Switching stances, giving the right looks, but his his ability to apply it for success yeah. was not there. I mean, th- this is a, a, a bigger conversation we're, we're having anyway, but that heavy on the league leg style, it's impossible for that to hang around because the calf kicks are mm. just decimating people. And someone's going to have to solve a problem. I, yeah. Like I've been going back and watching some old Muay Thai fights because you think to yourself, well, if the calf kick's going to be effective, then they're going to be using it in Muay Thai where leg kicks are prevalent. Yeah. But they don't. The reason is because they're 70% weight on their back leg. So as soon as someone comes in, way, yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're jabbing them with a teep in the midsection. I mean, mate, it, leave, it leads us on to the uh, Rivera Munoz fight. Yeah. And you can just, I could watch them for every weekend. Not that they'd want to, but every weekend, well, they probably would want to, but not that they'd be physically <laughs> capable of doing it every weekend, but I could just watch them over and over again. It's got to be five rounds next time, though, if they yeah. fight, hasn't it? You know, it's, is that Munoz twice now is won by decision? Yeah, and their calves, their calves and, and tip well, ants at the, at the so end, at the end of um, those yeah. fights, and they were sort of laughing about it with each other, weren't they? Yeah. And then I think I, I, I messaged you off the back of it, Saying this is gonna, cause, I hope they don't outlaw it because it's gonna, it's gonna Ridiculous. stifle us. It's gonna stifle the sport developing to solve all these problems. Mm. Like this is a major, major problem for people. And who did you say? Who did you say brought this back? Ben Henderson's the yeah. one for. Uh, yeah. He's the one that's credited for starting the car. Well, I think credited is is gonna be uh, <laughs> a term yeah. that's not gonna be used. Yeah, he's widely uh, blamed for starting this again. It's, it's crazy that like. Like that's a conversation though. Oh no, we have to we have to make calf kicks illegal. Like, no. Why? Because they're effective. No, we've got we've got to evolve around. Yeah, it. that's exactly what judo did with le- with leg locks. Yeah, it's like oh well, mm, they're quite effective, and we're not very good at them, so we'll take them out. So sambo don't get the no. advantage. But the point of this sport is exactly that. The, the point of this mm. sport is 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 you not you know boxing boxing is boxing, but boxing is effective as long as you have a very stringent set of rules around built around the fighters to protect the fighters okay we, but we know that that isn't um that isn't a complete martial art, and the point of mixed martial arts is that it is you know that's where it's trending towards mm. it's finding out what actually genuinely works yeah and if you out start outlawing stuff like this it will it will stifle the evolution and mm. that's not you know that's definitely not me or you want to see is it no, we, want, we want to see where this ends up i mean but, i i like various different rule sets you know I, obviously i love boxing and i mean canelo at the weekend looked amazing for people who haven't seen it it looked incredible i know yildrim's not up there but his performance was incredible and i i enjoy watching that as much as i do watch watching petrosian Keep yeah. the hell out of each other, yeah. in, you know, in in a kickboxing match, as, as well as a, you know, watching Glory and Muay Thai, and I've been watching a lot of karate combat recently, which is really cool as well. 
But their, their rule set is, is specific to get something out of those fighters, which I get. MMA's rule set is specific to get what we can out of martial arts. Of combat. Like, it's like yeah. squeezing yeah. The, the, you know, it's like thinning it down and getting the, getting the nuts and bolts out yeah. of it. And all of a sudden, the calf kick is really problematic. Just like ground and pound was really problematic for the jujitsu guys about ten events into the and UFC, the, and, the, and, and, and out and out wrestlers like we had to adapt and evolve to deal with someone that just blast doubled you the mm. whole time. And you know we've, with some respect, have been through that evolution. And now guys are, you know, the wrestlers are having to adapt. You can't just come in and just be a wrestler now. Mm. You know, I, I get I get a few questions. One of the regular questions I get is, what's the next development? Like what, yeah. what's the next technique that we've not discovered yet? Yeah. And there's yeah. going to be loads out there. Yeah, we've talked about hip, hip pointers, hip mm. attacks, and the, the nerves that are running through your pelvis and whether you could, you know, whether you could utilize that. Difficult to get to get going, but you know, there'll be there'll be something. It's the beauty of this sport is that it's a constant and rapid evolution, mm. and things like this is is petrol on the bonfire yeah. for for evolving it. And and with that, with the Jimmy Rivera Pedro Munoz fight, they. They, I mean, we said it. We said it when we were when we were uh, when we were prepping for the show that like they, they're kind of mirrors of each other a little bit. Jimmy Rivera is a higher work rate and and longer combinations. Munoz is weight and bang and catch you in a guillotine. But their stance and their approach to the fight was very similar, which meant they were both vulnerable to the low kick, yeah. the calf kick, and neither of them did anything to adapt to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They basically just kicked the hell out of each other. And that's their proper proper tough it was dudes, it was a brilliant fight yeah, yeah. I, 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 do, I do love both of I those guys it. yeah <clears throat> what sitting, else I mean sitting, I guess they leapfrog each other right in the rankings and, and, and what have you I think yeah I, don't, I mean you've got to think that you, you've got to think that there's a third fight in there and if they fight again now they've got now they're one and one in the series the, the next one's got to be over five rounds because yeah. we can't split them over three rounds no. you know even a unanimous decision to Munoz they're razor thin and they're, they're always razor thin yeah they? And that's yeah. the thing about championship rounds, you know. If one of these guys is going to get to get to a title shot, we need to see what they look like in the fourth and fifth against one another. Stay with we know Rivera's calf after yeah. three. Imagine what it looks like after five. Yeah, yeah. get Ugh. some ice on that thing. I, I mean, I've, I've got because obviously it is a problem in the sport at the moment for a lot of people, and, and I think that the first person to figure out the solution to the calf kick is going to be they're going to be then ahead of the ahead of the game. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've got I've I've got a few ideas, but I've also got some ideas as to the tech, the next techniques that are going to make yeah. a difference. Yeah, Golovkin's been giving me some ideas of punching targets that he's been going for. I'll, I'll show you afterwards. Mm, nice. There's been a particular shot that he's been using. And I think if that was applied in MMA, yeah, you're going to wreck people left, right, and center. I mean, you know, I'm 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 leaning on <clears throat> private conversations we've had a little bit, but I'm assuming it's stance and pressure, or the combination of the two, is going to slow down that that calf kick yeah. to do that damage on your back foot trying to hit that calf kick as you're being pushed backwards it's not going to be as effective is it you're just not going to have that weight whipping through your hip no I mean that that long stance the long stance that, that Munoz and Rivera both had is very suitable for their style of striking mm. but not in defence of the calf kick from one another and and the like the more I watch their stances now and see how far forward their lead leg is it's almost like putting your arm out when a car runs past. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're like you're like you're gonna get hit. You're leaving it out there as a target, and and I don't like you go back to old Muay Thai fights and they they're light on that lead leg, so there's the threat of the counter. Um, so and they they have to set up their low kicks, you know, mm. and with the calf kick leaves them right in the center line for elbows mm. and knees. I would imagine that's probably one of the reasons why it didn't develop in Muay Thai. Um, 
But then again, I mean, I've just mentioned Canelo and I'm watching the way that Canelo fights and thinking to myself, that, that heavy on the lead leg works as long as you're over that lead leg and mm. you're going to be punching people down the, down the pipe yeah. if they're trying to kick you. Because everyone leaves themselves on the center line. I would, that was that was something that we kept seeing in the the, uh, the Jacoby uh, Grishin fight that opened the card up. Um, like Jacoby was doing well with that lot that that calf kick, it was really hurting Grishin. But every time he was leaving his head on the center line, mm. and I mean Grishin didn't really didn't really capitalize on it, but it's certainly there. Yeah, there's certainly yeah. an opportunity to counter those kicks with punches, especially when people are leaving their head on the center line. It'd be, it'd be it'd just be fascinating to see what happens yeah. and who 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 are the who's on the edge of that curve who are the fast adapters and who go after it and you know you know like acutely evolve it'd be mm. it'd be fun to be fun to see we need someone that utilizes calf kicks really well and then see how and then have them fight Adesanya and see how mm. Adesanya deals with it yeah because he'll yeah. have a solution John yeah. Jones will have a solution yeah Demetrius Johnson will have a solution yeah no, that that's that's what I'm interested in. Is like like let's 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 find someone that's really good at calf kicks. Let let them adapt their game so calf kicks are our main asset, and then you know when they get to a title shot, mm. see how the champions are dealing with it. Like it, yeah, yeah, I like it. I I even think like I was even thinking maybe the way that that Wonder Boy stands, where he's really side on. So he, even if he is vulnerable on that lead leg, he's taking them to the to the the back of the calf because yeah. it's not. We call it a calf kick, but it's not. You're not yeah, targeting yeah, no, it's the a calf. Tibialis anterior kick, tibialis anterior. And, and hitting that, you know, that nerve and that muscle, and um, so it's not. It's not a. It's not a calf kick. Technically not, but yeah, yeah lower, it's a, t- a tip tap. lower leg kick. Yeah, um, <laughs> always using the tip tap. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, what about? I'm, I tell you. Well, I'll, I'll just make this statement before we move on to the main and co-main. I was happy that Krilov gave a good account of himself mm. against Ankalaya. Yeah. It was a good it fight. It was a deserving it was almost a deserving deserving result because uh Ankalaya was the the boy and Krilov's not that far behind him. No. And that's you know, that's probably where it should have it sort of makes sense. The MMA maths made sense for once, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It edged him, but Krilov gave a great account of himself yeah. just because he is He's a tough dude, you know. He's 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 a he's a tough. <laughs> he's test like one of those. Like if Ankle ever wasn't around, he'd be the boy. Yeah, he'd be the one, wouldn't yeah. he? Everyone would be talking about him. I mean, honestly, when it because he was in the UFC originally as a heavyweight, and when he got re-signed, I was expecting him to to really start making some waves. Yeah, and it, I mean, he got a couple of really rough matchups. I think he got Yan uh, in one in his first fight back. <laughs> Cheers. Was it Yan? Let me have a quick look. But it, I remember, I remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So so he. He fought. I mean, he had a quite a long UFC career. Heavyweight, So Palale, uh, Walt Harris, and then he moved to light heavyweight and fought OSP, hmm. Donovan, yeah. Nedkov, Lima. There's not too many guineas in there, is there? Ed Herman, Serkinov. Then he got released, and then he went on to fights night, fight nights global, and got four finishes. One of them being Fabiano Maldonado, who's a former UFC vet, and he knocked him out. But then came back into the UFC to fight Jan Blachowicz in his in his in his reintroduction, which nice. is a rough one. But you know, still he's got a win over OSP. He's got a win over Johnny Walker, and that Johnny Walker fight was a Morlin as well. That yeah. was at the Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I do think he is good. I, I just think he's 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 banging his head on that ceiling of sort of the top five, top eight, isn't it? You what see it, you see it a lot, don't you? Nine, That's yeah. you know that they have to do. That I know. Overusing the word evolution, but that's where that's where they're going to be. Like, okay, I'm, this is where I sit right now. If I don't do something, this is probably where I'm going to sit. Mm. 
You know, mm. I'll, I'll have a good crack with the guys that are coming up and then I'll become the gatekeeper. Yeah. But unless I do something about my game, you know, the results sort of yeah. speak for themselves, don't they? Yeah, that's it. And and, the, and like if, you, if you're in that situation as a Krillov or like there's a few people that kind of hang around in that area that are... I mean, Jimmy mm. Rivera against Pedro Munoz, same. They're kind yeah. of at a ceiling where they're not... They need to do something to turn that corner. Um, and then you've got, obviously, on this card, you've got like the slightly higher level guys like Benavidez, who's better than everybody apart from the guy apart from the, the top, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, I think when it comes to those things, it's not about their coaching staff or their ability. It's about the application. Mm. And that's... I'll, I'll drop this in here now because we've got a new business on the way. Uh, the uh, Atlas Analysis... I think that's that's the difference is having that Emmanuel Stewart or Ignacio Berenstein in a boxing sense to come in and give you their thoughts on what you're already doing and just kind of polish yeah. and tidy and give you a couple yeah. of other things to think about. Because the, the other thing too, it might not even be it might not even be necessarily better or worse information coming from this third party. It's just a different lens. Mm. Because when you're so close to when you're so when you're in a team for so long and you're so close to the team, you sort of all end up seeing it the same way and you can't help but see it the same way because you're having similar conversations over the years and then a third party comes in and just goes, oh, have you looked at it this way? And then it just changes. It's just a different lens. Mm. It's not you know, It's not better or worse or anything. It's just a different way of looking at it, yeah. a different lens. It's very... In team sports, we do it all the time. We bring consultants in just to look, just have a look. Come, yeah. come and do a department overview and just get, tell us what you think. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. you know... Good idea for a business. That's that's what's coming next. <laughs> that's what's coming next for sure. Because yeah. there are, you know, I mean, I know Din Thomas does this kind of thing, and he can he's, he can drop into a into a fighters camp and give him a few things to think about. And there's a there's there's a lot of value to that, um, especially with MMA. You know, even with three technical coaches, you're still not going to cover everything. No, you're still not no. going to. No, and they're not, not going to see all. everything as well. And not and, at all. and also, and and this was from this was what I learned from what from analyzing my own opponents is there's an element of ego attached to it. So I can't be 100% honest with myself, no. especially as the fighter. As the fighter, I'm like, hey, you don't hit that hard. Yeah, I remember yeah. having that conversation but you, but you before have to, I fought Condit. <laughs> but the, we've talked about, about a couple of things. We've talked about um, the the necessary level of delusion that you need as a, mm. as an athlete or as a fighter. You have, to, you have to persuade yourself that people don't hit that hard and you have to persuade yourself that you hit harder than than most, you know, and... That's obviously that's why you need coaches and that's why you need performance staff around you to let you carry on thinking about that. But they're putting stuff in your training plan to make sure that, that that's not a problem if that's not the case, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, now I think it'd be good, and you know, I think you know, I think you'd be uh, an exceptional third party consultant. I think because you can come in, you can come in with a very um, almost cold view of it because you're not emotionally attached to the guys that are in the team and you can look at the facts and the figures and go well have you look at this what do mm. you think about this yeah you know yeah I think it'd be good it'd be good um, it'd be great for some teams yeah. I really do yeah yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've had so many requests over the years there's been a couple of high level top five yeah. you know, light heavyweights yeah. and middleweights that have reached out to and, me and, and good on them you know because it takes it yeah. takes a, an ego control to be able to go We'd, we've spoke about this before on, a, on this podcast but as a group, we don't have all the answers. Mm. I wonder what these guys would would say if they uh, they were part of it. Yeah, um, I, I like that in coaches. Mm. I think that's a really um, selfless place you're in. If you if your ego's under control, you can go do that. Yeah. So you know what you you know you know as well as I do. The sporting world's a weird one, though. Mm. There's a lot of martial arts coaches out there that want to feel like they've got all the answers. Yeah, and we'll we'll throw a fighter under the bus in the process 
to not really just, yeah, reveal just the fact stu- that they stubborn, don't have all yeah, the answers. Just stubborn that they yeah. have all the answers when you... No one's got all the answers. Impossible. Okay, main event. Look, it's a tough one, in it? From a spectator's point of view, I completely get it. I, I don't think so. Well, well, honestly, like I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't like. I watched it back a couple of times. I watched it for the first time, then I watched it back on mute, and obviously, already knowing, already, already knowing what what the commentators were saying. And you know, I, I love Bisping and Felder, but that what you're hearing when you're consuming something will very much dictate how you Frames remember it for that you, fight. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, you, you can't, you can't, like, I can't see how there can be any criticism towards Cyril Gann. Given the fact that he's a fighting a guy that can knock you out in the last ten seconds of a twenty-five minute fight, I know. And it wasn't like he was running away and moving back. He was the one that was aggressing. Yeah. Like there were several situations where he's got Rosenstrike backed up against the fence, and he's jabbing him and moving and hitting him and kicking him, and there's nothing coming back from Rosenstrike. And 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 again, I'm not necessarily criticizing him. Well, okay, now maybe I will a little bit. There was no game plan. Mm. He. It was like he didn't. He was watching Cyril Gann work and didn't have any idea of what he was going to do about yeah. it. Aside from hope to catch him on the way in, which Cyril had already proven by the second round, he was just too fast. Yeah, he was. He was too fast. It's a bit. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying, but the the thing about this sport is it's sport. It's a sport and it's an entertainment. So mm-hmm. we're at the apex of that of where that crosses, isn't it? So in a in a in a team sport, like if you win ugly. It, no one you, there's no there's no like uh, there's no I was going to say asterisks then <laughs> there's no there's no um, there's no note on the points table saying yeah. oh you won ugly you just get your three points or your five points and sometimes you have to go out there and if he's if Rosenstruck wasn't really going to engage what do you want Gain to do risk it all so everyone can cheer or get the win and get his money and get out of there safe and sound and fight fight again this is it and 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 any and people complaining about it are the ones that benefit from the entertainment aspect and not from his success. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we've got loads of heavyweights, and you can keep throwing these guys in and hope someone gets knocked out in every one. But like fifty forty five across the board, every single mm. every single judge had him completely dominating the yeah. fight. Like, and and there was so much more that happened in that fight than there was in say the Till Wonderboy fight, mm. or. Uh, I mean, aside from Damian Meyer shooting constantly, Damian Meyer against Tyron Woodley, like th- there's like a lot more happened, but that also wasn't being observed and communicated, which mm. was which was frustrating for me to listen to because, like, no one gets knocked out in tennis, no one gets knocked out in football. You know, it's ninety minutes, and you're going to sit there and watch the whole game. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Like, although this is combat sports, and we are absolutely looking to get the fight finished, and you do benefit from getting fights finished. There's still a beauty in being able to dominate and win on points, especially when you're as active as Cyril Gann was. It wasn't like he was running away or hiding from the fight. It's, a, was, it's a good reference. Like the game at his, at his pace, at his could, range. You could watch football for 90 minutes and the end result is 1-0. They yeah. scored one goal in 90 minutes, but you're not really moaning because you got the win, you know? That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I think... And, and the other thing as well, just to go back to Cyril Gann, it's, it's not like he's not a finisher. I mean, his kickboxing record, he had two fights go the distance out of seven. He knocked five out. Takes I mean, two. Takes two. It does. You know, if there's no... If your opponent isn't going to put enough out there to to open up some risk and, uh, and some space for you to take advantage of, it's mm-hmm. pretty difficult to, to do it. Yeah. You know, you ha- obviously, he's trying to construct these um, areas he can take advantage of. But if, you know, Verizon doesn't, doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to play. 
and the more success he was having from range with his speed, the less Rosenstroke opened yeah. up. Yeah, and and this is this is the frustration with journeyman in boxing. Like my good friend who I used to train with a lot, Ricardo Sams, was an excellent boxer. He got frustrated as an amateur because he got robbed a couple of times and never <laughs> made it to the Olympics. Turned pro, and he had two fights, and then his next two fights were against the same journeyman. Right. And when he was offered a fifth fight, it was against the same journeyman again. Yeah. And I had a conversation with him. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, it's frustrating, but you've beaten him twice comfortably. He didn't touch you. He's like, yeah, but he didn't touch me because he didn't try and do anything. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just well, yeah. I'm just moving around a guy hitting a bag who's locked up in tight defense. He's just keeping me out. It's not fun. It's not entertaining for yeah. me. Like you need you need two people to tango. You need the dance partner. And, <laughs> and Cyril did enough yeah. to try and get Rosenstrike to open up, and he never did. Well, do you, do you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we uh, when we were training, you know, back in the day, we brought Victor Estimer in to get him ready for Worlds, I think. Yeah. Either Worlds or ADCC. Mm, I think, one may, of them. yeah, may, maybe think Worlds. World, yeah. And like his level of jiu-jitsu was just so far above any of us. Ridiculous. And we were, we sort of didn't know what to do with him. Like it's one of those guys that as soon as you engage, you're like, oh shit, yeah. I'm in so much trouble yeah. here. Even when he was dead tired. Yeah. But but then we, we, were, we were doing these, uh, basically doing overload sessions with him, weren't we? making him really tired <clears throat> and then trying to get him to work out of situations. But we didn't give him enough for him to work mm. because he was of that, he was so, such high level. We just didn't have enough to give him to open up space for make him to work for them him to scramble and, and whatever. Mm. He was just sort of inverted triangling us at, at will. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was funny, yeah. wasn't it? Like, you, I mean, like you can, if if you know how to play the game and if you're a good kickboxer, like Rosenstrike's had a lot of fights, like he knows how to keep himself safe. Yeah. And he also knows when the right time to open up is. And, and what was beautiful about what Gan did is he completely outpointed him and didn't give him an opportunity. Mm. And, and and the other thing as well, it was the apex. It's, it's the little yeah. octagon. Yeah. Like you, you put two. I mean, you put Munoz and Rivera in. They didn't find. They didn't have a problem finding one another over and no. over again. No. And over twenty five minutes, I felt like Gan did everything he needed to to, you know, to get get an impressive victory. Mm. It, it's just it, it's frustrating. I mean, like the stakes are so high, yeah. heavyweight as well. What do you want to do? I mean, take the risk and get knocked out. Because this is it's it. Only, it's going to take a glancing blow at that level. I, I thought he looked. I thought he looked really good, and I think that I think he's only going to get better from this point onwards. He didn't get hurt. He didn't get touched. Didn't get beaten yeah. up. If you if you eight in eight fights into your career, he landed one hundred and two strikes. Yeah, there was a, there was a beautiful little little technique that I that I looked that I saw off a jab. So he jabbed and then he switched stance to draw him in and then threw a teep off his right foot. So he'd switched, he'd switch and then teep on that right mm. foot and hit him straight in the midsection. It was a really nice little flow. You could see, you could see the trap almost in slow-mo. Yeah. Like he jabbed him, pulled him on with his stance and then hit him with a, hit him with a, with a front foot teep off that, off mm. that switch stance. It was really, really nice. And I'm just lo- looking at these stats though. It's like overall, Gan landed 102 of 176 significant strikes yeah. and got two of 14 takedown attempts. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a, that's a work rate for a fight for a heavyweight over 25 minutes. I, I think he's, if, if John Jones isn't the future, mm. he might well be. Gan's the future, mm. yeah. And I, yeah. and I don't think, I don't think his, his issue isn't a lack of power. His issue is a lack of application mm. of powerful strikes. Mm. Like you're not telling me that a guy that walks around at 250 that's got less body fat than me is 
able to he's not no, able to punch a hole in someone it's no. just it's physiologically not the case it's and is and is that elastic for a guy that is that heavy so you can imagine how plyometric he is how like, like he's bouncing around like a middleweight yeah for 25 minutes yeah which is very yeah very i think he's um I'm, I'm excited for his future and, and you know Rosenstreich's going to learn from this one but he kind of did a little bit the same thing against Overeem he's mm. just Overeem stood in the pocket and allowed him yeah. to open up so he while he covered but that's, that's the, the thing what do you want do you want Gunn to do that and then get and then lose the fight it was I was just I was so disappointed at the comments of like you know well this was the op- this was his opportunity to really show you know what he's capable of and I'm like well eight fights well that was seven fights into his career that yeah. was his eighth fight I think he showed absolutely what he's capable of if I was able to do that seven fights into my career I think I was three and four or four and three <laughs> or something you know like yeah I, I, I think we're we're under celebrating what was an amazing performance. Uh, and from a guy that I think has got a real bright future and has been accelerated to the top of the division yeah. very quickly. And, and you know, as a as a coaching group, you're probably looking at that and saying, <clears throat> well done, you stuck to the plan. Mm. You were very strategic. You were very disciplined. Um, well done. And you got not got a scratch on your face. Yeah. It could fight again next week. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's good Come martial on. arts. Okay. Yeah, next one. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. This is <laughs> it's amazing. UFC 259. We're into it. So, um, right, let me pull the app up quickly. I haven't seen a card like this for a while. Well, we're, we're, let's let's rattle through these these early yeah. prelims first, because um, I mean it is a hell of a stack card, and there's just so much to talk about. Um, this is going to be huge. It's going to be amazing. Do you, do you want to rattle through these really quickly? Shall I give yeah. you a quick rundown of? Excuse me. Okay. Uh, Souza against um, against Lemos. Souza's the one with the with the experience. Fourteen and two against eight one and one. Lemos has always looked a little bit kind of slow and plodding to me. Uh, fights that she's had in the past, she's looked vulnerable to someone as aggressive as as uh, Souza. Um, but at the same time, she's got good boxing technique and then she's got good ground skills to back it up. Mm. She would much rather stand and box. And I think Lavina Souza will quite happily do that with her. Oh, but at, yeah, but at the yeah. same time, if Souza starts to get to the stage where she she feels like she needs to close distance and get this fight to the floor, I think she might still be playing into uh, into Lemos's hands. I mean, like both of them have got a heavy decision um, percentage on their mm. record, um, but but neither of them have got stoppages from strikes. Yeah, yeah. She's quite happy to stand and trade. She's got good boxing skills, right? So it. Could could end up being pretty. It could end up being yeah. a really really fun yeah. fight. I get from two people that are you know they're going to be well bragging rights for Brazil for a start. Right. You know that always makes things a bit more interesting. Yeah. So what did we say? We said we said Souza on on raw aggression and willingness to to get in and uh, have a yeah. crack. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, she she's she's scrappy. She's she's a bit chaotic. Um, but, I mean, you just oh, my nickname is the Brazilian gangster. It's just you can see the enjoyment that she gets out of her fights. Uh, and 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 you know, I mean, she got a win over yeah, Ashley Yoda. She outpointed her. Sarah Frota's a, a, a hell of a scrap. She guillotined Alex Chambers, who's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Like, the, the, you know, there are good ways in into mm. this fight for Lorena Souza. I, I just think she's got to kind of pick her poison with Lemos. Yeah, she's probably going to be faster. Like Le- Lemos, like I said, she is a little bit slow, a little bit plodding. Yeah. She's got a wide stance, but that aids her boxing combinations. Um. I just she's Susan's got to be so careful she doesn't run into something in mm. this one. That's what I feel because I, I don't think Lemos's record fully, fully reflects what she's capable of. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and I don't really think like she she always seems to fight like she's not got not really motivated to be there. But then when she gets the win afterwards, you can see how much it means to her. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. it's a it's an interesting one. Plus, mm. you know, she's she's had a couple of fights in the UFC now. She I mean, she lost that first one to Leslie Smith, who's an absolute savage anyway, mm. and that was standing elbows. And then she's two and zero since then. And Mizuki, in a way, had a you know has got a good reputation coming out from Japan. That was her last fight. That was a unanimous decision. I think it could be a good scrap. I think it could be a really fun one to 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 keep the card off. Have you got a pick? Yeah, we'll go with Souza. We, we, Souza. Um, yeah, I don't know that much about her, but yeah, let's um, yeah see see how we go. This is a good one as well. Oh man, this is a good one. He just looks like a like Jake Matthews. Just looks like oh, that's something we need to do a bit more. Mention the fighters. Yeah, names yeah. For people Correct. that are only listening audio. Yeah. So if you're listening audio, we're going to try and start doing Jake that Matthews and Sean Brady. Jake Matthews. We are and talking Sean about Brady. them now. <laughs> Jake Matthews looks like an entirely different fighter since he moved up a weight class. He had a hip surgery and he grew two inches. His dad told me. Yeah, that. right. That's mad, isn't it, mate? He's been around. For ages. ages, I think he. I think he was in the UFC at nineteen, or may, maybe twenty, or or it's pretty, it's pretty close to that. Let's have a look at him. It, uh, he uh, came through tough at nineteen, twenty. I'm pretty sure. Crazy, seventeen and four. I mean, but Sean Brady's great. Thirteen and zero. He's yeah. He's at a slightly different stage UFC wise. At a slightly <laughs> different stage, isn't he? He's, he's only three and zero, but he's no joke. No. Um, no. He's maybe a touch mechanical in his stand up. You think not quite as fluid as he probably mm. will end up being, mm-hmm. but man, he is built as well. He's got a very cool tattoo on his back. Yeah, he does. Yeah. With a Japanese Hanya. <laughs> um, Jake Matthews always seems to get huge fighters as well, like big physical fighters. I mean, so like, like uh, yeah, when he made his light, uh, when he made his welterweight debut, he got uh, Boyan Velichkovic. Yeah, he's huge. He's a yeah. big dude. Then he got the leech after that. Then, I mean, Anzai's not very big, but Rocco Martin's a big dude as well. Rostam yeah. Ackman won um, IMAF. Yeah, James Vick is long. And- Emil, Emil Mech. And, and a win yeah, that was a, that was a mad fight with Emil, wasn't it? I like Emil. He's, he's a just lunatic. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an absolute lunatic. But, you know, the, the other thing with Jake as well is he's got his dad in his corner. And there's been so many times when, like, like there was, who was it? I think it was Li Jingliang, like, caught him and rocked him. In the first round, he came back, sat down on his stool, and his dad looked him right in the eyes, and he went, yeah. "Are you all right?" And yeah, he went, he went, "Yeah, I'm all right." He's like, um, "He's like, yeah, but are you all right?" It was, it was just, it was just like that that connection that he had. He's yeah. like, Who, "Who's know. the other guy in his corner?" Um, the the Australian judo. Oh, Daniel Kelly. Yeah. Daniel Kelly gave him. I can't remember which fight it was, but came in there and just gave him a bollocking on the stool. Yeah, like you you are way better than this. Basically, do your job. Mm. And uh, I think he went back out and, and won it. Yeah. Dan um, Kelly's a great coach. Yeah. Dan Kelly and Sam Greco are working together yeah, with uh, yeah, Jimmy yeah. Prune. Yeah, what a good, team good, that good, is. Cool team, isn't it? What a team. Very cool team. Sam Greco's a savage um, as well. But yeah, Dan Kelly's I mean, knowledge of, of grappling and, and, yeah. and judo, especially the application for MMA. Like when, when I was speaking to him out in Fight Island when he was there cornering Jimmy Crute, I said to him, you know, so what's next for you? And he was, I think he was heading to like Hungary or something to that, to like coach judo. Cool. He's, he's in the circuit yeah. still, and he recommended yeah. me a bunch of judo books that I've picked up. So um, Brady is Felder's <clears throat> teammate, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. So I mean, he's got a good crew around him. He's super explosive. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, he throws and misses a bit, and there's a lot of so there's an eccentric cost to missing. Mm. That's 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 why you get so fatigued when you miss a lot. When you throw and miss, you get so fatigued because if I throw and I hit. The, the energy, the energetic cost is finished. But if then I have to slow that down, 
there's an there's a muscular cost to me slowing that down. Yeah. It's like so, you're hitting the brakes to yeah. Like, so so it, it's taking energy up, mm. and he's a he's a he's back. He's disproportionate. Not normal. You know, you said last week. Wagon back. Like a wagon back. <laughs> you know, like you see gym <laughs> gym dudes are all like all chest and yeah. no back. Mm-hmm. Or he's and then grapplers are all back and yeah. <laughs> no chest. Yeah, yeah. He's um yeah. I don't know whether the 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 hanya like accentuates it, but he's um I bet he didn't get that Tebury style that would. Oh. Uh, Mate, would, uh, I, I just had the top of my back done. It was it was agony. Yeah. It was a one eight hour sitting, and by the time it was over, I was like just shaking because my adrenaline was, yeah. was done. I yeah, it was, I, I got my arm, I got my koi done Tebori style in in Japan, and it's not as but it's not as bad as you think. Like Is you think, you know, they're there. Mm. We was there. It was a long time to do one koi. Yeah, I think it was yeah. eight hours with, with this with the stick. Um, but uh, I'd imagine it would like pull your skin with it. Yeah, a bit. Like, it sort of like, like sticks as it comes back oh, out. But oh man, the, yeah. the, the, I mean, so I'm the, doing it. But yeah, so the dude. Well, ha- well, hopefully I can. We can get to this guy. So the the guy who did it on me, a killer. Um, he's part of the Horitoshi family. He's a really really famous tattoo family mm. in in Japan. And he was Kid Yamamoto's tattoo artist Wicked. and basically best friend. I think like his uh, kids. Kids, kids were running around while I was getting oh, it done. I'll save my crazy bee tattoo for him to. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, man. And we were in Yamamoto Sports Academy. That's where his. Um, that's where his studio is. Brilliant. It's uh, he's, yeah, he's very, very, very cool dude. A killer one on Instagram. If you wanna, if you wanna have a look. Oh, I'll check him he's, out. Um, I'll check him out. Yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. <clears throat> yeah, really, really impressive. Um, I think. I think Brady might win this. You're at least he is undefeated. Thirteen. I think. And I think yeah, I think Brady might win this. I think he might beat him a touch for speed. And if he gets hold of him, he's going to be in some trouble because that man squeezes people's heads mm. off. You th- you're saying decision, or do you think he's going to get a stoppage? I think he might. Fi- oh, I think he might stop it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he could stop him. Mm. I think Matthews has been around a little bit, and you know he's he's smart and um, relatively elusive but yeah I think Brady could mm. yeah if he gets hold of him he's he's um, he's a strong dude yeah. highly skilled strong dude yeah yeah yeah. so you're going for Brady yeah then. go Brady lock him in okay, okay. do you want to have a go at saying his name because I Nchukwu Nchukwu Kennedy Nchukwu against Carlos Nchukwu. Allberg yeah I think so so Allberg's got one one win on the contender series yeah. correct yeah and uh, very quick very very agile very quick um, out of city kickboxing, so like that we was it. we always sort of say, you know, we we appreciate what's happening down there. It seems to be mm. a, it seems to be a good camp. They seem to be uh, we seem to be resonating with a lot of the stuff they do. So you would think he'd be well coached. Yeah, um, and he's got kickboxing fights on his record as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's been he's had three kickboxing fights um, in 2019, won all of them by stoppage. Yeah, I mean the the thing. The thing will be is whether he has faced someone like Nchukwu in terms of being six foot five. He's very long. He throws a really nice uh, knee up the middle. Yeah. And obviously being that long, it's it's quite effective from range. He's he's almost got the same reach as John Jones as well. Yeah. He's he's a real anomaly for this for this yeah. weight class as as far as uh, I mean as as John Jones is as well. Yeah. Um, six five, eighty three inch reach. Yeah. He's um, he's he's a, he's a, he's a yeah, he's a big dude. It was very, mm. it was very strange. In I think it was his last fight out. Listening to his corner, like his his corner was screaming to me that they were anxious about what was going on. They were throwing codes at him and combos at him, and he wasn't doing any of them. So it was clearly not, you know, it's not going in. Mm. Um, 
and for me, like especially during the striking part of of the fight, you would want as little outside stimulus as possible. Like yeah. you're in there, you can't be being distracted by audio cues. Like you, you're needing to pair your reaction to the right stimulus in in split seconds of of time. And um, yeah, it was sort of it was sort of annoying me as a, as a coach listening to the amount of information that were thrown at him during during the striking component. Um, and even you know, and I know it frustrates you. Even in the court, even between rounds, just throwing like encyclopedias worth of information at a fire. I think you've probably got two cues. There's probably two things, if not one thing, that you could probably really get across, mm. and for them to be able to compute that and then go and implement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Allberg's six four. But mm. he's still got a. He's still got a. How is a, he six four? He's six four according to the, uh, the 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 fight card on on the picks app. But he is he still has a six inch reach disadvantage. disadvantage yeah, yeah. And his silhouette looks surprisingly like Brian Ebersole. Have you noticed they always <laughs> yeah, use yeah, Brian yeah, Ebersole's yeah. silhouette? Yeah, is that? He's a, um, he's a silhouette specialist. <laughs> they use Brian Ebersole or Bisping. Right. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the two that they use. Um, my my concern is that at three and zero, oh, even if I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that he's had more fights that are on his topology record because he fights like he's... Yeah. I mean, that might just be there. from high-level sparring in the gym. There were a lot of similarities in his game to Adesanya's in the way that he uses that hip feint mm. and he takes his time and sees his opportunities. He's, there's nothing wild about his style. So he does fight like he's had more fights. However, 3-0 in MMA and 3-0 in kickboxing, according to this, it's unlikely he's fought someone of those kind of yeah. physical attributes. Yeah. And unless yeah. they've, you know, they've done a really good job with training camp, and they've, you know, they've they've brought people in that can. I mean, I've, I would imagine at City Kickboxing they've got guys that that would replicate that, but it's still different when you're in there and the guys throwing full the, power. The, at the you. only sort of path to vic, or one of the paths to victory, I sort of thought was thought was, and Chiu has been backed up a little bit on the fence, and he just sort of he just sort of cover up and wait. And Obo's got some power; mm. he's got some real power. And if if he can construct that scenario and then and then sort of let let go I think you know we could get we could get a TKO finish out of him mm. it's a lot of body to cover as well isn't it yeah six, five. yeah yeah something's um, getting hit yeah I mean I, I thought that um, uh, I thought Allberg looked really good in his in his contender series mm. fight uh, Bruno Oliveira um, I mean it only took him two minutes and, and he, he was landing clean punches and, yeah. and con- commanded the space from the fence as well like backed up against the fence given the hip feints he's yeah Fights like he's like he's very comfortable in his own yeah, game. Yeah, confident. Like. Yeah, yeah. But it's but just dealing with someone who's like six foot five, a six foot five southpaw as well, with an eighty three inch reach. Mm. I think his physiology is making him better than his understanding of what he's trying to do. Mm. I, I didn't. I thought his ring craft was average. Yeah, and didn't seem to be particularly considered. Um. But I think he, he's sort of getting away with it a little bit because he's he's so long and so yeah. unorthodox, and it just buys you a little bit of time, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. until people figure out. Mm. Um, Which way are you going? I think I'm going to go Holberg. Oh yeah, yeah. You're on the city kickboxing. Yeah, train, I am. I am a little bit on the city kickboxing right. train. I can tell you, I can tell you, I. you, you you're practically Australasian, really. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Former title contender, winner of Ultimate Fighter, Tim Elliott, against Jordan Espinosa, who's I mean, he's ranked 14th in this division. At, yeah. 
This is going to be wild. Isn't it's it? going to be a wild fight. It can't be anything but wild. No, I mean Elliot's got such an odd style anyway. Like the the way that he moves around. Even you know, even when he fought for the world title, you could see, you could see how his movement was making mm. uh, making the champ uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it was a, it was a unanimous decision, but it. it I it feel like still... if you fight like that, your record is going to look like his record. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. the, the the unpredictability of how you fight brings the inconsistency of your record. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like up and down. Yeah. His record looks like how he fights. <laughs> it's all over the place. Um, he doesn't even get knocked out. No. In a uh, no, no. But he doesn't get knocked out in a consistent manner. You know, he got he basically got zombie slept and then ca- came round mm. before he'd even hit the ground. Like his center of balance went back and his head went forward and he sort of woke up and uh, and kept on going. Um, that was Askarov, wasn't it? Askarov knocked him. Yeah. Knocked him. Well, didn't knock him out, but, knocked him you know, down. knocked him. Hurt. And then he came round again. Um, that's, I that's mean, James Krause in his court. He's, he's with James Krause, isn't he? He seems uh, to yeah, have... I believe so. That's a rough run that he had recently yeah. as well. Figueredo, Askarov and Royville. And, and you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Royville's coming on strong as well. He, he's, had a, he's had a rough run in the UFC with some tough fighters. But you know, like he's like you said, he's got that style that can be it can be very unsettling for his opponents. There are ways in, into his game to beat him. Most likely by submission, he's got five submission mm. losses on his record out of eleven. Um, but then he's he's winning by submission as well. Like this, this could be Tim Elliott's fight to give away, and it could be based on bad decisions that he makes in the moment if if he allows es, um, Espinosa to get into this. Like, I think Espinosa's good, but I. There's there's a there's a raggedness to his game which I think yeah. doesn't complement Tim Elliott's game. Well, it's funny you said you said it's, you said it's Tim Elliott's to lose. I think it's Tim Elliott it's Tim Elliott's to win. He could definitely he could he should be able to win this fight. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's his to lose. Like it's like he should come out with the don't win. Don't mess it up. But if he, yeah. he could, <laughs> yeah, he could throw it, it away by doing something yeah. really chaotic. Yeah, I mean like Espinosa is not a, not a devastating puncher. You know, he, he's wins in the UFC so far have come by. Uh, um, Triangle and arm triangle, mm. as well as as well as decisions. He, I, oh, sorry, I think, no, his yeah. losses uh, have come by uh, by submissions, which is why I feel, feel like Tim Elliott might be able to. Has Tim Elliott always been with with James Krause and, and that crew? I don't think so. Yeah, because it might so. it might be one of those things. These super unorthodox athletes, when they find a, when they find coaching groups that you know, like we we've said before about not trying to put. At round pegs in square holes yeah. like you, you know you have a key point of difference now we're gonna we're gonna amplify those key points of differences and we're gonna just gonna bring up some of your weaknesses and sometimes when you find that that right connection between athlete and coach you can you know you can you find that stability and you know maybe we'll mm. see like you said he's been on a hell of a run yeah like those, those losses are to some seriously legit mm. members of the division aren't they yeah so you um, go Tim Elliott I yeah think. I'm gonna go Tim Elliott yeah okay. I, I hope he um Hope you can pull that off. Right, prelims. Yeah, Bonterin against Kai Kara France. Yeah. Oh no, I'm going to be another another guy. Train uh, again. To Kai Kara France, twenty-one and nine. His his record does not reflect how good he is. Yeah, it does not. And I, I re- oh man, I loved his fight with mm. Moreno. Yeah. In it, yeah. what a fight. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, and his fight against Royal for as long as it lasted. Yeah. Was wild. Mm. Um. Mm. There was a lot of hype when he came into the UFC. Made, made his debut in Melbourne. I, I was on the call for that one against Howley and Piver, um, and and everybody around the hotel was like, "Oh, Kai Kara France on the card. Kai Kara France making his debut." Yeah, there's definitely a real buzz around him. I, 
And what is he still young, isn't he? What's his how old is he? Twenty seven. I think thirty fights into his record. I'm wary of being too too uh, cut and dried with any picks really, but I think he will pick uh Monster on a part mm. standing. Uh, and then and then it's the it's the obvious it's the obvious scenario whether or not Rodrigo can get him get him to the ground because I think he might be slightly outmatched if he get, if he does get him to the ground. But um, Bonsarin's ground game is definitely a problem for him. Yeah, it's it's all arm bars and chokes. Yeah, it's it's a nice basic clean. It's a just a nice basic clean jujitsu game. Fundamental. For him, There's yeah. nothing nothing yeah. crazy about it. I mean, I'm just looking at his record here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, eight rear naked chokes on his record, two arm bars and a heel hook. Like he's he's stacking his art, he's stacking himself against you know he's stacking himself against the highest success rate of submissions, which is rear naked chokes. Yeah. Um. And and you only need to catch someone with a shot and rock them and yeah expose their back. I mean that, that this is this is a classic arch- archetype, and it is the 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 guy who is significantly quicker, crisper. And more athletic on the feet, and if Rodrigo can get him to the ground, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna find a result down mm. there, isn't he? You you just got to wonder what what Kaikara France's mind's like coming into this one off that loss to Royville because mm. that he put himself in that guillotine, mm. and and he would probably look back on that and think to himself that was a silly mistake I made. But there was a reason why he made that mistake. The reason why he level changed is because Royville was just too. But it'd be, too difficult but I can't, to deal I can't with. see him being forced into doing that. This fight, like you, you'd be no. very surprised if Bonchon's striking was enough that it made Kaikara France shoot. Mm. Yeah. Like he, I can't see that happening necessarily. No, can I you? can't. Not unless not unless he gets he gets rocked or because the thing is, so like Kaikara France's footwork, much like Peter Yan, can can be very unnerving for people hmm. because they feel they're being painted into a corner and they don't really know exactly how to stop it happening. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I can see in this fight. Kaikara France having his way to an extent, backing Bontarin up against the fence and Bontarin feeling like a cornered animal and swiping at him and catching him with something and hurting him mm. and then jumping on his back. Mm-hmm. Like the, the pressure that Kaikara France puts on Bontarin might force Bontarin to throw with power out of panic mm. to get some space, to alleviate some space. Mm-hmm. Like that's Again, I mean, I'm yeah. not going back to it, but that's what... Um, that's what PT Yan does. I, I talk about it in the war room. Like he paints you into a corner and then he eats your jab over and over again to the point where you're like, this is not working. Yeah. I'm going to have to throw something more Force powerful. Force you into doing something else. Then you throw a power punch and he yeah. slipped out to the side and he's clinched you. Yeah. yeah so like, and they, they're, uh, they're both trained out of Thailand as well. Yeah. They're both Tiger Muay Thai guys as well. Uh, and obviously, and I know he's a city kickboxing, but... Um, I can see, like, like Kai Kara France's is double jab right hand is so fast. It's so precise, mm. and I, that you know, I can see him. I can just see uh, Rodrigo getting beaten for speed with that, mm. and then it's yeah. you know, it's a crescendo from there, really, isn't it? So you're sticking with Australasia then? Yeah, I'm just gonna be really unoriginal and stay with. Um, Apparently, both these guys are ranked eight. Oh, nice! Right, we're sharing <laughs> rankings <laughs> now. <laughs> so, I mean, I know it was close, but so that'll be interesting yeah. to see. Uh, see which one? Maybe it's maybe it's loser goes home. I don't know. Yeah, lock him in. Car France, yeah, Car Car France, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a th- this this is co-main event on most cards. I, I, on on every other card this year, card. Yeah. coming. Yeah, I mean, there's a few of them. Imagine like, just... being ranked two and three and being told you're on the prelims. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh right, yeah. okay. I, I mean, I mean, I just think 
Askarov is just different. Yeah, yeah. It's just different. This is this is really. It feels wrong. So I'm picking Askarov. If but it feels wrong. Like how how can I be picking against Benavides? He's ranked number two. He's been around. He's got an amazing record. But that's the thing. He's always been ranked number two. Yeah. And that's the thing that puts doubt in people's minds. Is you see him do so well, and then he gets to the to the yeah, the finish just, line, and he can't quite make it over. Like that first fight he had against Demetrius Johnson was awesome. Really good performance, and really showed what he's capable of. In the rematch, he was. He just. Well, just left himself yeah. open. He was a little bit too aggressive. I think he felt so confident coming off the first one that he was a bit too overzealous in the second mm. one. Um, and, and you know, and he, and he got caught. And it's it's the nature of it, like you said with Tim Elliott. It's the nature of his style. Yeah. Like Benavidez does, he is face first. Yeah. He has got a very unorthodox, unusual style. And when he does move forward, like you watch one of his fights in slow motion, most of the time his forehead is the furthest thing forward when he's moving. Yeah. It's just too massive, high risk strategy. Massively risky. I mean, I mean you got to think the the Figueredo fight was a clash of heads. That's yeah. what started it. That's yeah, what started yeah. the cut before he yeah. got knocked out. I mean, he got beaten up by Figueredo twice. Second time around, he did yeah. for sure. First time he was doing all right. I mean, he got you know there was a bit of a scramble on the floor where he looked like he was vulnerable to an armbar for a moment, but then scrambled out of that and he was starting to starting to find his rhythm a little yeah. bit. But then the clash of heads, jogging back against the fence, check the cut and think. And then the second time around, Figueredo just just absolutely just completely had his number, didn't he? Yeah, and he always seems to do better first time around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, after I mean, that was his last fight outright. He's been yeah. he's been properly dismantled by Figueredo. Mm. So there's there's a psychological yeah, especially because he's been how many times now. to the belt then? Yeah, I mean, what's that? His third attempt, fourth yeah. attempt, and now and now you you you're sort of knowing. I just can't quite get to that mm. belt. Like, who, who am I? Where do I sit in this yeah. in this sport? If I, you know, everyone's aim is to get to the belt, right? And yeah. you've had five five cracks at it. I think four. Four. Okay, four cracks at He's it. You had two with two with Demetrius Johnson. Um, oh no! Well, I mean, he, he lost Cruz. He lost to Cruz for the bantamweight title in WEC. Yeah. Then he fought. Um, he won the first round of the flyweight tournament when the belt was vacant. Then he lost to DJ. Then he fought DJ again and lost again. And then he's had two cracks now at Figueredo and lost them both. Man, like I said at the start, I just think Askarov is just different. It's just a different... Is it a nothing-to-lose circumstance, though, for Benavidez? I mean, do, do, is there weight in that? The fact that he can come in and just be like, well, you know, I've, I've had five cracks at the belt. My job now is to just stop these guys yeah. getting there. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> just know? to be a pain for everyone Self-adopted else. Self-adopted gatekeeper position. Yeah, maybe. A, two, a, sec, a second-ranked gatekeeper, though. Mm. Would be a very frustrating thing for him to be. It's a nasty gate to have to get through. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I then mean, Askarov, we're kind of still waiting to find out what he's fully capable of. This is, that, he's only had three fights, right, in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's ranked number three. Yeah. He's just, got a draw with Moreno, yeah. who's obviously a a, a, um, a contender. He's got a unanimous decision over Tim Elliott, and then a UD over Pantoja as well. <sighs> and Pantoja is an, another great fighter in this division. A little bit ragged, a mm. little bit. I like him. A little bit loose yeah, around the yeah. edges, but aggressive I like with him it. A lot. And, that, yeah. and that's why that's why he lost the fight against uh, Figueredo Pantoja because he was. He was just a little bit too vulnerable to him. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, Askarov's... I mean, Askarov's always... like the opposite of sort of uh, Tim Elliott, isn't he? He's mm. just controlled, he's tight, he's accurate. He's got that like... Um, it's that Russian style, that man. That cold serial killer type. <laughs> like, Same as Peter Yang. Action that, to him, yeah. yeah. There's no fat yeah. in his game. No. Like, he knows what he's wasted, doing. is it? Yeah. 
Is he? He's a. Uh, he's deaf as yeah, well. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that. I don't, I don't know whether this is true or not, but I wonder if the lack of uh, stimulus improves his visual stimulus. Maybe. You, do you know what I mean? There's nothing. A lot of it is shut out. So everything. My my whole brain is concentrating on my, on the visual stimulus. You mm, know. Maybe. You can't hear a thousand codes being shouted from your corner, or no, the, you know, thing, not crowds or whatever. But can't hear the bell ring either. Though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which I, way are you going? You're going Askarov? I am going Askarov, yeah. yeah. It, is, it, it feels weird it, to pick against the, the, the second-ranked fighter in the division, especially of, of that calibre. But I think Askarov is coming. Yeah. He's coming up. He's going to have a crack. Yeah. Song Yudong, Kyla Phillips, The Matrix. So, I don't know how... No one I, wants to fight him, that's why. I know what you're going to ask. Yeah, I don't no know why Khan has got this fight. <laughs> Unless everyone else is like, no, you're right, you're having one. I'm, I, I don't want any of... Uh, I don't want this, you dong smoke things. <laughs> um, I mean, if you speak to people around the sport, Song Yudong is the boy. He's coming. Mm. He's coming up and he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's... When I was visiting Dean over at the PI, he was there training and I was showing some footwork drills and he was getting incredibly frustrated because mm. he couldn't do it. And, and you know he can do that now. Oh, he can do it now. Yeah, yeah. He could do it by the end of the day because he yeah. didn't stop practicing until he yeah, got yeah. it. Um, but he's, you know, you take you take the, the, the skills that he's already got and then you take him over to alpha male, like we were talking about a minute ago. It's just a different look. It's a yeah. different set of eyes. Yeah. They go, oh, maybe think about this and maybe think about this. And they've... They're fast, him. powerful, yeah, like they're in him. great I Don't feel condition. like they're rushing him too much either. No. They're being smart with their... You know, still and, uh, young, isn't it? 23. Twenty, so sixteen and four, and he's only twenty-three. Mm. So the, you know, you've got to think by the time, in another seven years what that record sort of looks like by the time he's thirty. Yeah. And it's been a while since he lost as well. He didn't beat Cheeto though. No, he didn't no, beat Cheeto. No, I don't think so. I watched no. that this morning again, yeah. and I don't, I don't think he beat he beat Cheeto. No, I, I gave Cheeto two rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. A good, good fight and like tough. Like how tough is how tough is is Cheeto? Mm. But I don't think he beat him. <laughs> Put it then, that way. Has he fought anybody that's got a similar style to Kyla Phillips, though? No, but no one really has a Kyla no. Phillips style, and he's a bit of an enigma on his on the way he goes. Very, very athletic. Um, a lot of know, buzz un- around. Unpredictable. Well. A lot of buzz around. Yeah, him. people are very excited for him. Yeah, I think. I think song- his nickname used to be Storm. When he was a kid, his dad used to enter him into like grappling matches at parties and stuff, and he was just like a bit of a bit of a lunatic yeah. after the finish. But then, when he progressed onto his MMA career and started working with his new team, they gave him the nickname the Matrix. Right, and and I think more that was a psychological play than anything because mm-hmm. they probably can tell that he's very technical. But if you call someone a brawler, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, right. a brawler, I'll go and brawl. Whereas yeah. if you name. call someone Matrix, they're like, oh, okay, I'm kind of slick here. And he is very <laughs> yeah. slick. He is very yeah. slick. Yeah, I just I, I don't necessarily think his fundamentals are at the same level as as song um he's at uh, half the fights as well yeah and obviously with the way he fights and the unpredictable nature of how he fights it almost always opens up an opportunity for you to win because if you're that unorthodox then you know that's the that's the picture that your opponent is seeing mm. but i don't think it will rattle you dong at all i think he will cope with it relatively well and Song Yidong's fundamentals are beautiful to watch. And I think he will almost, <laughs> shouldn't say that, almost certainly come away with a victory here. <laughs> so you're picking Song? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited to see 
the song's career. Mm. Like I'm, you know, yeah. Like like you said, we we talked to Dean a lot over at the at the PI over in Shanghai, and um, you know, get some inside information about what's going on. Mm. And uh, obviously, I know he's an alpha male, but you know, the, the information in the in the circle of MMA is quite small. Well, they've tested him thoroughly, haven't they? Yeah, because I mean, because uh, you know, he walks into a performance institute, and they want they he's the kind of person you want to see what he's capable of. Definitely. Like how how Definitely. can we find his limitations? Because yeah. he doesn't seem to have too many physically, no. at least. Oh, man, 23. Good opportunity for Phillips, though. It's yeah, really I mean, a good opportunity for him. Because he's... You know, rockets him yeah. if he gets the win. It like, does. Suddenly, that's who everyone's talking about, isn't it? If he and gets the he win. might become the guy that people don't want to fight. Because I'm kind of feeling like Song Yudong's probably being turned down by a few people <laughs> in this division. Yeah. Just because they know how dangerous he is nah. and how difficult he is. <laughs> yeah. So you're going with Song? Yeah, we'll, go, we'll lock uh, Song Yudong in, yeah. Oh, how is this on the prelims? It's amazing, isn't it? Great opportunity for <clears> Casey <throat> Kenny. And and a guy that had a fantastic 2020. Just just looked great in every one of his outings. Absolutely kicked the hell out of Alateng Ailey. Like, mm. dismantled his body. Got a one-arm guillotine over Louis Smolka. A one-arm guillotine. Yeah. He's listed on his record as that. <laughs> and then that fight against Nathaniel Wood, which was... Fun fight. What was yeah. it? Three fights. Three three weeks after his fight against Alateng Haley, actually actually went back to Vegas and then had to fly and back then flew out. back to fight yeah. Ireland to do it. But then you know had an absolute war and and looked strong and conditioned throughout. And we've still not really seen him use his use his judo. No, he's got a real strong judo. I mean, the, these two polar opposites. You've mm. got Kenny's fought four times in a year, and he, and Cruz, he hasn't won since two thousand sixteen. He's had just the worst torrid time with his ACLs. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all that bouncing around he does. It's that mad footwork yeah. he's got. Well, it's funny. So they they did a cadaver graph graft for his first ACL. So right. they just took someone else's um, ACL and then grafted it in and, and tried to get that to, to set. That's a quite an American style of surgery. So I've rehabbed... <coughs> excuse me. I've rehabbed maybe 10 or 12 ACL athletes with ACLs and the most of that was done in Australia and in Australia they um, more often than not they take the um, hamstring muscle hamstring tendon fold it over and make a graft out of that so it's your tissue so you have a lot less problems with it integrating into your body obviously because mm. it's, it's your tissue now when you do that you're effectively rehabbing a hamstring injury as well because you've you know, you've, you've, you've mm. so when I was in Australia, I went into surgery and watched this happen like live and stood right next to it and watched it happen. It was, it was amazing. So the, the guy they did it on, um, Quade Cooper's, uh, uh, rugby player over in, in Australia, got a pretty big profile, played for Australia. Mm. It was a bit of a, bit of a renegade, like a good friend of mine now, but a bit of a renegade and saw things different saw the game differently and because he saw the game differently he could do these magical type thing very high risk way of playing but he would just do this magic cr- crowds loved him and, and what have you mm. high risk high reward um anyway so i watched his surgery live there's a there's this very famous surgeon called pete myers who does pretty much anyone in professional team sports in australia if you do your acl that's who you want to get get to do it he won't touch cadavers I mean, I haven't spoke to him for a couple of years, so maybe that's changed, but he he did all of his ACLs he did with a hamstring graft. Wow. But specifically for that reason, it's your tissue into your body mm. and and uh, the setting rate is, is much better. So you'd say that the integration of somebody else's tissue into your body is more problematic than removing hamstring well, yeah, tissue so, from So you're minimum looking at a six-month rehab for an ACL. So with, Is it the same leg that they take? 
hamstring yeah. from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a so it's a very compromised mm. limb, but to rehab that hamstring is probably going to take eight weeks, and you've got a six to nine month window to get your ACL right. So there's plenty of time for that healing and 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 uh, strengthening that that muscle up. Um, so Cruz has got a zombie knee then. Yeah, you know what? I'm not even sure how that all played out. So mm. they definitely did a cadaver. It failed. Um, I think they did it again. And then he popped his ACL on the other leg, which is actually quite a common thing. You kind of see that whether it's a compensation issue from from the other leg or you just genetically lax um, uh, ligaments. That might, right. might, might be the other one. That's happened to me. I've rehabbed someone all the way through for eight months back to training, done everything you could ever imagine to do, everything's right, pops the other ACL, like a couple of weeks into training. Devastating, yeah. So basically he would have had to go and harvest another another ligament yeah. from someone. Yeah. I always knew he was a bit of a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. So but, And the, th- the thing is too, so when in, t- in team sports players, it, it, it takes them a good couple, they get back to playing, but they're not quite who they were. Mm. And I, I, I wonder whether this is the case for... Dominic, because of the way he moves, it's such a it's such an abstract way of moving. You need everything to be right. Mm. You know, you really need everything to be right. The yeah. way the way it angles off, and depending on your foot placement, it depends on the pination of a lot of your muscles coming up your chain, which puts different types of pressure on your ligaments, where your knee is shifting over itself or mm. twisting. So, I did mean, you see the, did you ever see this, the uh, the movie? Oh, you definitely have because I used to watch it all the time during fight week, Friday Night Lights with Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, do you remember Booby Miles? Yeah, and that? And yeah, then, exactly. And, and they said the same thing to him. Yeah. It's like if it was a different player, you'd probably be all right. But the way that you play, no it's chance. Not work. Yeah, Katie Kenny's kicking game could be real problematic because mm. as, as good as Dominic Cruz's footwork is, a low kicks are going to cause him problems, especially if he's going to be cautious of his knee, and b. You move your feet and your head as much as you want, but your body tends to stay in very mm. similar positions. And Katie Kenny kicks with a lot of commitment and also doesn't mind falling into a clinch. Yeah. Yeah. I think this might be a real coming out part for Katie Kenny. I, obviously, we can't underestimate Dominic Cruz. He's one of the best of all time. But you can't underestimate Dominic Cruz, can you? You can't. No, you, you can't. can't. It's almost it, I mean, tempting sometimes when you look at, you know, you look at the amount of fights he's had recently is not very many. The, mm. the, the trouble he's had with his with his knees, but he can't count. He can never count him out. He's too smart. He's too cerebral. He understands the sport. Mm. I don't think you can fight like he fights without a really good understanding of the sport. No, no. And he has a, a fantastic understanding of the sport and how to apply the skills mm. that he's got. Like he's not like physiologically, he's not a standout athlete. I wouldn't say. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- yeah. I think he's crafted his game well to what he's got to work with. Um, but then, like you said, regarding the knee and and the timeout and the, the frustrations and stuff, where does that leave him with someone like Casey Kenny, who's had a fantastic twenty twenty, and he's rolling and he Kenny's just rolling and, and he's loving it. He's as aggressive well. and he's you know he, he starts fast and he's aggressive and he's he's you know yeah. he's coming to fight and he's he's on he's the skilled. Path, he is on the warpath. He's trying to prove himself and he's and he's stepping in there. He's ranked number fifteen. And you've got Dominic Cruz across from him. Mm. You, if he beats Dominic Cruz, that's immediately everyone knows who Casey yeah. Kenny is. Yeah. If you don't already know, like a win over Dominic Cruz is is better than Smolka, Alateng Haley, and Nathaniel Wood altogether, just yeah. purely based on name recognition and what people know of Dominic Cruz, as well as him being an analyst. Like people are going to associate that ability to analyze with an ability to fight, yeah. which is then going to further push Casey Kenny's stock up if he does get a win I sort of thought it depends on which Dominic Cruz arrives 
but it, that might not be the case. That might be, it might be a case of confident Casey Kenny coming in and imparting his his game. But but ha- having said that, has has Kenny seen these unpredictable pitches that that Dom Cruz is going to give him? I, I mean, know. he's seen mm-hmm. he's seen speed. You mm-hmm. know, he's seen speed with Nathaniel Wood. Yeah, like Nathaniel Wood is very is very quick and crisp and and um, technically very nice. But he's not the same as the way that 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 Dom, that Dom moves. No, I mean, you know, he's got John Cratch, Chris Cariasso in his corner, so he's got a former title contender in Cariasso who's got good striking mm. skills, and John Cratch, who's obviously an, an excellent mind in, in MMA, and they will be very very familiar with Dominic Cruz just generally as an athlete anyway. So. They'll have ideas and yeah. they'll also know what they've got in Casey Kenny, who his, his striking game is going to be the thing that's the the most in question, I would say, in this one, based on what Dominic Cruz can do. Because I think Casey Kenny, once he's locked up, he's second good. degree black belt in judo, black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And yeah. he's never, he's not really, not really wanted to show it too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I still think there's a depth to his grappling game that we've not seen. And I think that, if nobody else knows that, John Crouch knows that. Mm. So yeah. I think he'll say, look, just be aggressive. Like, be aggressive. This is three rounds as well. Like, the thing that Dominic Cruz beats people with is that he, he forces them to chase him. Yeah. Like, he chases them and he picks them off and cuts an angle and chases them off. When he's lost, people haven't done that. Like, they've, they've, they've mm. gone and taken it off him, but not in a way that they're chasing recklessly. Like, like if Garbrandt fought, uh, fought Dillashaw the way he fought Cruz, he would have done so much better. But right. emotion was added into that one. Whereas yeah. when he was fighting Cruz, he was dancing and doing yeah. push-ups and stuff. It was a different mentality. Like you, you, you can take the octagon away from Dominic Cruz, especially mm. if you've got an aggressive kicking game mm. that you don't mind getting caught and taken down if that's the situation. Again, I feel, I feel going against the veteran. Funny, again. I feel funny picking against Dom Cruz. Mm. I mean, I have no disrespect at all. I've got a lot of respect for him as a as what he's done in the sport. But I think. He there's too for, for me there's too many question marks around him and, and where he's at. Whereas I just think Kenny's is in that he's in that spot. Mm. He's rolling, and you know this is one of those ones that catapults him up up the rankings and catapults his name into people's consciousness as it was. And Cruz has never he's never lost two in a row, and he's never been stopped with strikes before. Mm. And that's what he's coming off against Cejudo. Mm. which burns him you know that burns yeah him. right because he don't like Zahudo at the best of times and all the stuff he said about poor old referee at the same time as well yeah you can tell how, tell how bitter he was about that I think that might play into his into his mentality a bit and I think that might help Casey Kenny given the fact that he's just so chill and relaxed mm. and having a good time yeah uh, Kenny just seems to be loving what loving his life right now isn't he 16 and 2 he's Roll on, me on in. a hell of a streak so yeah. you're going with Casey Kenny yeah right, Casey Kenny lock him in sorry Don Right, before we move on to the main card, I'm just going to quick change these batteries because we're on one bar. Should we roll with it? Should we keep going? Yeah, what we got? One, two. Let's keep rolling with it. I'll just keep an eye on it. It'll start to flash before it cuts out anyway. Yeah. Okay, main card time. Yep. Wow. Again, another fight that could be main event. Honestly, I know we've said it two or three times. This card is ridiculous. I'm sure I don't have to persuade people to to buy this, but this is this is the card. Yeah, it is. I'm, um, I'm looking. I'm going to be sitting watching this one live with the UFC picks app in front of me. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to be I'm going to be paying close attention to how your picks go. <laughs> and, 
how the leaderboard's stacking up and stuff. Yeah, you, you've it, got to get it, the app if you're watching these fights live, by yeah, the way. It seems you, to switch a lot between my picks when they're not going very well and our picks when they're going very that's well. That's it. If, if, if you're right, then they're our picks. And if you get them wrong, <laughs> then they're your picks. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, this... <sighs> 37, Thiago Santos. Mm. I didn't realise he was that old. He's had a whole a whole career, though. As a, was he in the military or the Special Forces or something? Yeah, he looks exactly like he was in the Special Forces, isn't he? Yeah. Um... Green rope in capoeira, black pride in Muay Thai, black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and fights like a Tasmanian devil. 15 knockouts out of 21 wins. Yeah, he's... He's he's, he's also stoppable, though. He's been he's been knocked out and choked out. Yeah, but he puts himself... He puts himself out there. You know, he's not... He's not conservative by any means, is he? No. Um, split decision... He went to a split decision with John Jones, right? He did. Yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. And he got his knee destroyed yeah. in that fight as well. And he was out for a while rehabbing that. And then he, he comes back against Glover Teixeira. And mate, like, that couldn't have been an easier war room to break down. Yeah. Because it was like, okay, well, Glover's going to get hurt in the first round. Then he's going to come back. He's going to drag him down. And he's going to choke him out because that's what Glover does. It's mm. exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I, right. I think Rakic will much rather want to contend in the striking range, in which case you've got someone who's got very long range, accurate kickboxing. I mean, that head kick that he caught Manuel with yeah. was just a beautiful setup. He's, he's a- a- accurate and pre- precise. That's yeah. who he is as a striker, yeah. isn't it? He's, technically, he's really nice. He's got yeah. good power. Um, but he's, he doesn't get his he doesn't get his power from like wildness. He gets his power from accuracy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, and, yeah. I mean, what I will say is that Santos really impressed me against Bahovic. And and if he gets a win here, then he's on his way back to a title yeah. shot. Especially if Jan does well in the main event and maintains yeah. his belt. There's a story there. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. You're right. You know. He, and, um, and and that was a bit of a. Like that fight was a bit of a you know the the, the most patient fighter won. Because Jan was expecting Santos to come out like a wild Raging, man, and yeah. he didn't for ten minutes. And as soon as the third round, I mean, it was literally forty seconds into the third round, like Jan went charging at him, which was very uncharacteristic mm. of Jan, and ran onto a counter punch. Yeah, lost the lost the patience game. Yeah, yeah, he did, and he knew it as well. As soon as the fight was over, he was like, like oh, yeah. "Yeah, yeah, 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 you got me, you got me." Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's just going to be a gunslinger of a fight. I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be you know, edgy seat type stuff. I think, I think Santos might, you know, he might mm. take it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm genuinely leaning the other way on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely. I, I think, I think, I think Santos is, he could get picked apart. By, he, he could get picked apart. I also think Rakic, I think Rakic is going to be working that leg. Mm. I think the confidence in, in Santos's knee, maybe not quite there, especially if he starts to feel his calf or his low kicks landing. Mm. I also think Rakic has got a real good command of range and the times in which Santos gets reckless, someone that commands that range can fill the space that he's Pick running into out. with sharp elbows, knees yeah. and kicks. Um, well, I'll tell you what, he better have a good command of range because if he gets it wrong, he's going to get knocked out. Yeah. And, and the other thing as well is someone that rushes in in a straight line generally moves out in a straight line. And if you move away in a straight line from Rakic, he's going to kick you with a, yeah. catch you with a kick yeah. on the end because he's, I mean, he's, he's only got a two-inch reach advantage. But his his leg stat must be ridiculous. He's got very yeah. very long legs. Yeah. Should have a leg stat. They do. They do oh, sometimes. Do they? Yeah, they do throw it in there sometimes. But I don't know who's. I think that was just someone put that in so they can get on these fighters' legs and crotches. To be honest. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it's. It, it's not quite as well thought out in the way that it's applied. But yeah, 
like like Megan Anderson in you know against Nunes, one of her best tactics is to throw the the right hand to lead kick mm. because they move away from the right hand, feel they're safe, so they stop and then the kick comes yeah, up and, and extra little mm. bit of, of length, yeah. And he's definitely that guy. Mm. You know, the, the the kick that that was a smoke screen for the Manoa knockout shows you the extent of his reach and shows you how far past that he can kick. Yeah, when you watch that, you you, you can almost empathize with Jimmy in that you would just you did not see that coming not even an inkling that was coming Mm-mm. it was just hidden beautifully and then yeah. the next minute yeah stiffed him, didn't it stiffed what a knockout yeah so you're going with Fun Santos fight. yeah I'll, I'll go yeah. with Santos you go with you go with uh, Rakic yeah see, uh, I've had a lot of requests for a breakdown on this one unfortunately I haven't managed to put it together I might yeah. tr- I might try and throw something quickly together a bit later this week but it's I mean I've done done all three of the, the title fights so <clears throat> yeah, a lot, then... lot of hype around this one. A lot of excitement around these two guys, and two guys could quite easily be contending for the belt in the very, very near future. Well, who, whoever wins will be up there. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll they'll put a bit of a stake down, won't they? Yeah, and but I mean, know, we've got to see what happens with this one. I mean, you know, if Jan wins, then we're definitely going to see him face probably the winner of this next. Mm. I would say, if Adesanya wins, we might see him disappear back yeah, down yeah, to yeah, middleweight for a bit, and yeah. then we've yeah. got a bit of a a bit of a you know. A bit, a bit of a mini tournament. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, lock him in. Go Santos. Okay. Another good fight. Oh, man. I mean, I, both of these guys, very, very talented, sitting right inside the top 15. Islam Makachev against Drew Dober. I mean, Dober's punching power has really, has really been proven Mate, to be he's something. He's on TKO, KO, TKO. Yeah. He's on a tear. He's in that. He's in his flow. Um, and he, you know he's a short, compact fighter that's heavily muscled that, yeah. that flows really nicely in his combination. Colorado. So he's got he's got he's hench, but he's got Colorado. So maybe Colorado. it balances everything out. Yeah, he's a Muay Thai champ, wasn't he? He's, mm-hmm. You know he's he's got some he's got some serious experience. He's a he's a, yeah he's a handful. But Islam Makachev is he's the yeah. you know he's the future. He he his fight with Sarukian. That's another one I could just keep watching and keep watching. There was some, there was some nuances in there. You just like you are, you are the future. Mm. It's, you, you it's instinctive understanding of wrestling, isn't it? That's yeah. what's beautiful. Same, I mean, same with same with Khabib, you know. And, and because he's he's in the same program, and yeah. now he's got Khabib as a coach, yeah, instead of as yeah. a training partner. So he's still going to serve as a great training partner, but now he's got that twenty nine and no experience to start plugging into Makachev. Yeah, now nah, nah. Khabib's probably not going to come back. I just don't see it. Fuck. Oh man, and now that Makachev, mat, that Matt now with Khabib like maybe doing a few rounds, but then sitting out a few rounds and coaching mm. as he going. Powerful Matt that is now. Yeah, and crazy. We've got, some, we've got some other good guys on there as well. I mean, Abu Bakr is mm. you know he's a welterweight. He's a good wrestler. He, he'll be he'll be able to push him. There's um, what's his name? Uh, um, oh, what's his name? Why am I forgetting it? Tumanov? No, wrong guy. Th- there's a there's a bunch of guys in like in and around that team that have all got similar size, uh, similar stature, similar kind of game. So he's yeah, the working... base game is they all have these little uh, sort of individual nuances, don't they? But their yeah. base game is very similar. Their, their fundamentals. If you went right top five fundamentals of each of each of these fighters, they'd be they'd be comparable, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they sort of add these individual individuality on the on the edge of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Do- Doba Doba beat beat Nazrat, mm. and you know we were raving about Nazrat, you know, a few weeks ago. But then, like, as I'm looking at his record, I'm going like he's he's got a win over Hernandez against Hack mm-hmm. Parast against yeah. pa- Marco Polo Reyes, but then a loss to Dariush by arm triangle. So. That's where 
I've written down here. I can see this going the same way as the Darius fight. Mm. If he, if Makachev backs him up, gets him up, gets him, gets him in that clinch up against the fence, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a rough night for him. Yeah, because there's, you know, that that whole crew that is their game now, isn't it? Like if you if you you know that if you get caught up against that fence, you're in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. because they got that whole breakdown system all the way through uh, to submission or, or, or ground and pound TKO. Yeah, and and it is very much a. It's a cycle that you get stuck yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's not. It is, it, I always look at it as a system. Yeah. Like you could buy that system and and, yeah. and put it in on your, you know, on your hard drive, and you, you you got that system. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at some of his some of the uh, Tukagov, Zubaira Tukagov. Mm. That's the guy I was thinking. So he's a featherweight, but a guy that's got a good work rate and he's very aggressive. It's. It's all about whether Dober can keep this one on the feet. Because if he yeah. can keep it on the feet, then we're going to see where where Makachev's striking is, and it's it's definitely not where his grappling is. But it's a good test. Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna if you're gonna be the champ in this division, and you go out there and you stand and you trade with Dober, and come off better, well, you're in a pretty good spot because you're going to get tested, mm-hmm. and he's got some hands on him, hasn't he? Yeah. But then if you know, but then if he steps in there against Dober, who's you know got three stoppages, two first and the second round, two performance bonuses in his last two fights, and he's just able to drown Dober, then you're like, ah, okay, you're really, really good yeah, at that, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it's a bit like you've got to think he's he's a bit like like a sapling underneath, underneath in the shade of a big tree when he was in the division with Khabib at the top. Yeah, but like how far you know, can you grow? You know, yeah. like like you're gonna always gonna be slightly limited because you, you're always, you're never gonna fight your your teammate and basically one of his mentors. I mean, so now I, I'm making gone, massive assumptions when I say this, but it seems like that is quite a selfless team. Is mm. though they're you know they're looking after each other. It's a proper brotherhood. You know what I mean? That you know they're even if Habib was. Do, you know, obviously dominating. He he was the boy. You wouldn't think that anyone else would be suffering in that camp. You feel like it's a selfless enough camp where everyone's getting better and they're just biding their time. And yeah. you know, we are going to take this sport over. You know, and at the minute it's Habib, but he, you know he'll finish after, and then it'll be your turn. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe it's Makachev's turn now. Yeah, with, they, um, they are not here to take part. No, and not. they are taking over. And that wrestling game is, is, a, is a hell of but a again, cycle it, to get you know, caught it in. will force everyone else to evolve. Yeah. You know, someone is going to solve this problem of how do you get them off you? Mm. How do you get out of those leg irons? How do you get out of the handcuff? You know, it will force us to to, to work it out. And someone, you know, someone's working on it right now. Mm. Oh, so a lot of people. Drew Dober's working on it right now. Yeah, that's yeah, for I sure. hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Which way are you going? Makachev, lock, lock him in, man. Yeah. I, I find I mean, it very hard to pick against him. He's the safest bet. I mean, eighteen yeah. and eighteen and one compared to twenty three and nine. Yeah. Like there's loss, losses on Dober's record. He, he and knows that the, he knows the taste of loss. You know that can. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, who's it? Yeah, Adrian Martins. He's a. He was not. He was a good fighter. He is. That's the, that's the only loss on Makachev's record. That was a knockout in the first round. I remember how disappointed he was from that. But then you know, Chris Wade, Nick Lentz, Gleason Tibau knocked him out <laughs> in a minute. Kate, uh, Kajan Johnson. Sarukian and Hamosh as well was it has not been celebrated nearly as much as it should have been. Mm. That was a dominant performance mm. against a, a big, strong lightweight with a great ground game. Um, and and the thing is, if he was able to do that to to Hamosh, if he can get close to Dober and get and get into the floor, it's most likely he can do the same thing to him as well. I mean, Dober's you know Dober's strong, physically well conditioned, purple belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It's not enough. It's just not enough. It's not enough, is it? No. He has to focus not on enough. not going to the ground as opposed to yeah. getting back up when he's there. 
Yeah, that the the, the obvious route, the the obvious result of this fight is exactly that. Mm. Is that um, is that Makachev either survives the stand up and 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 backs him up and and corners him and whatever, and then and then gets into the clinch, takes and goes through that whole process and wins by, by TKO. Mm. And that's the most obvious sort of way this plays out. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, we'll see. All right. <laughs> We're into the title fights. Yeah. Wow. Peter Yan. I'm so conflicted over Sterling. this. I'm so conflicted. I, I spent 30 minutes breaking it down and I'm, I'm still... I can, I can see ways for both of these guys to win and I, and, and I can see... Like, these guys could fight 10 times and I can give you 10 different outcomes, yeah. five apiece. Yeah. I, I will say that my first thoughts are a negative thought. So I would say my first negative thought for Peter Yan is that he is there to get hit. Mm. Like a part of his game is to make you feel pressured, which means he has to leave himself vulnerable. And he's got great defense and he pressures people into trying to throw things to keep him away, which is then when he starts to capitalize, slip into the outside of punches, closing distance. <clears throat> we were just talking about, about boxing footwork before we started recording. And I, I likened him to um, Dmitry Pirog and his footwork and that old, the, the Ketchel shift. Um, he does a lot of that stepping through footwork. And someone like Aljamain, who's, they're so mobile and so agile, I don't know as he's got, this, he's had to have the same thought process with footwork mm. because it's just kind of there for him. He just moves well. His nickname was the Funkmaster from his wrestling days because he yeah. had an unusual style. And from the wrestling matches I've watched, even his opponents are unnerved because they don't yeah. exactly know what to do with him. Yeah. But then on the flip side, Peter Yan does the same thing with the striking. And 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 I feel like if like if, if Yan's able to walk Aljamain Sterling down and not get hurt in the process, then that pressure with those short boxing combinations is, is going to be problematic for Sterling when he gets back up against the fence. Mm. If Sterling comes out aggressive and doesn't fall into that pressured back, uneasy because I'm not sure what's going on, then he's got. I mean, he's got a great kicking game. He's not necessarily got big power in his hands, Sterling. I mean, he's got one one TKO in the UFC, and that was a. It was the guy turning away from getting hit too yeah. many times. It wasn't a a concussive yeah. bam and they're out. And we have seen Peter Jan land those kind of punches, especially when he's stepping through. I can sort of see Sterling knowing <clears throat> that Peter Jan is going to try and pressure him and, and walk at him and just not have any of it yeah. and come at him and. I could sort of see it going similar to how it started with Jimmy Rivera in that he came at him, backed him up and then shot, grabbed up on that single leg and and just sort of went from there. Mm. And like we saw with um, uh, Sanhagen, if he he does get in that grapple when he's dry, he's going to be a problem for Mm. him. Yeah. You know, I could sort of see the the opening round kind of happening like that. Yeah. I mean, he was on, he was on Sanhagen's back within 30 seconds. Um, and Sandhagen did a great job of defending, but he did he, everything he could. He did everything. Do he could, pretty much, yeah. couldn't he? I mean, Sterling's got a got a you know he's got a great single leg. He shoots a low single. Yeah. And he runs it up and yeah. forces people to the floor. Usually covering a lot of distance, so then they hit the fence, they go down against the fence, and then they're scrambling back up mm. and turn and give their back. And you know, in the Cody Stamen fight, took his back, couldn't get the rear naked choke, but finished with the Sulu stretch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that shows yeah. options in a position yeah. in a position like that. Yeah, it shows agile grappling, mm. isn't it? He can he can just flow between attack to attack. Like the, the general feeling I've been getting from the fans and the feedback is that PT Yan's not fought somebody who's got the grappling of Aljamain mm. Sterling, mm. and and I would say maybe that's the case. I, I would also I would also pose the possibility that PT Yan's done a lot of 
wrestling and clinch work in his early early days and he's not now he's now not he's much more like a boxer with takedown defense in MMA yeah. now he's got some nice tricks but he's, work, he's working for him so you, mm. you you wouldn't expect him to bring out those skills if what he's doing is working so well for him mm. So um, he's a master of sports in mixed martial arts. Yeah, I love, I love but that. But a blue yeah. belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, yeah. that can't be right. There must be... <clears throat> that, that's not the... A master of sports in mixed martial Surely arts is not a blue be. belt equivalent. Yeah. He's got to be better than that. Yeah. And he's, he's got one one submission on his record. He's another one who's just like controlled and cold and yeah. like psychopath precise, isn't yeah. he? Well, you saw that Christmas photo that he put, posted yeah. on, his, on his Instagram. He's, yeah, yeah. He looks a beautiful it. family and, and everything <laughs> and he's staring down the lens like he's going to try and set fire to you through the camera yeah he's a scary dude and he has that presence and it, and a lot of people that face him they they buy into that presence that mm. he's got and and it, and it affects them and then he starts to walk them down and 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 do his thing yeah like i mean but like even um you know pedro munoz tried to work walk sterling down like he got in his face and tried to walk him down so it's not a picture he hasn't seen he he, he did but he didn't at the same time like the difference with Munoz is, he, like, he walks people down, but in a way that he's, he's much more of a, he's following them. Right, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if, if you watch the way that PTM fights, like, it will shadow someone to the fence, and as he sees them drifting across, instead of just chasing them just and then giving them the outside, literally micro shift across, yeah. out and repressures and drifts out yeah. and repressures, and that's not something we see from Pedro Munoz. Which is why Sterling was able to kind of keep getting around him. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. he would rush in, throw weird punches out off weird angles, and then go again. I don't even think PTN's going to move back a great deal mm. because anytime he's moving back, he's having to work his way back into that range. I think he'd rather just stay there and tuck up and take things. Yeah. Which is why Sterling investing in his kicks, in it, sorry, in his kicks over his punches, he's going to be more damaging over the long run because. You can start hammering those those arms and legs, yeah. and he's there to be hit. Aldo lit him up lower body mm. as well. There's definitely a way in for Stern in this one. And you know, and, you're even and and then the you know the counter to those kicks is obviously the, the grapple and the takedown. But then he's going to be pretty happy to engage in that anyway, mm. isn't he? Mm. And he does a lot. You remember that uh, the technique that uh, Adesanya used on Brunson, where he kicked his arm and bounced his arm away. Yeah. He does a lot of that stuff, but oftentimes it's opposite sides instead of same side like Adesanya. He'll throw a kick off his right leg and then come back with the left hook as he's putting his right foot down. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's like, it's like, like you, yeah, like you're watching it. And you're like, oh, like there are you can't cover both of those things. Like if Peter Yan's walking him down, and an inside low kick comes and he covers that before he's put his foot down. The hook's coming over yeah. the side of his guard. And the, the the way that sling works across your body, you you, you almost get like a recoil effect. Mm. So like you, you whip that kick in and you recoil back with that with that hook. Yes, yeah, some power, and you know, and if Yan is covering up and taking that, you know, that's causing a lot of damage to to, to his arms and and his hands and the, mm-hmm. the fatigue that's going to be coming through his shoulders. Yeah, and I, I, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to mention it one more time because I've, I've watched it. I watched it about ten times yesterday when Canelo was fighting Yildrim. He wasn't bothered. He was hitting arms and arms and yeah. things. He he just like he was working on him like a heavy bag, now, accumulating the fatigue. He couldn't do that in MMA gloves because yeah. you're going to hit something that's going to going to twist your wrist and do some damage but with kicks mm. like sterling can be hammering into that body and yan is just tucked up here like you can't you can't take those kicks over and over yeah, again without yeah. it being yeah. some effect and the knock-on effect against yildrim would work here because it deadens the arms the triceps which case they don't have that same kind of pop pop yeah 
I'm, I think the belt's changing hands. You do, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that Sterling's getting hands. an opportunity. It's gonna, it, it's, he's gonna have to. It's gonna be a hell of a fight, regardless. Mm. And whoever wins, he's gonna have to have a great performance in order to beat the other one. Yeah. That's the best thing about these kind of fights. Yeah. It's whoever wins, you're gonna have to really earn it. They yeah. have to be spectacular. Aljo as the champ. Reach advantage. Height same. Yeah, and see that's a, he's listed on everything as an orthodox fighter, but he's not. He's got so many options mm. from I would say that he probably he's probably he's probably preferential to shoot from an orthodox stance. Yeah. But when he's moving and kicking, yeah. he's both stances. Yeah. He's, like okay, him. so you're locking yeah, Aljo. Lock him, lock him Aljo. I think we've got yeah. a uh, the first of the titles. He's going to change hands. Okay, I think you might go the opposite way on this which one. Is everybody... <laughs> which is almost certainly not going to happen in this fight. Everybody's saying that. Like, you know what I'm like. I, I always like to play devil's advocate and make an argument for the contender. Listen, anyone that throws a right hand and bears their teeth at the same time, like Nunes does, is is all right by me. Yeah, she's, she, she like she's like it's coming. Mm. Whack. Yeah. I, I mean, it's. It, I know. You, I know. Obviously, I, I try not to watch the war rooms too close to this. Otherwise, I just end up repeating what you, you kind of said, and it's a bit disingenuous. But um, I know you. You know, you've you've made a case for Megan or Megan or or however we're pronouncing it. I just find it. It's just tough. It's just tough to to bet against Amanda. Like you just go down a record, and you you know you look at what she's done. You look at sort of who she is. And she's just tough to pick against. She's, mm. you know, she's she's at the, the the pinnacle of the sport, and she's, you know, she's she's a good champ. She's, know, a, great she's champ. a great champ. Yeah, she's she's great. She's great partly because she's aggressive and powerful. Partly because she's overwhelming. Mm. And, yeah. You know, like see Megan Anderson. So when I'm making an argument for a fighter, especially if they're, they're a massive underdog. I, I have to look at everything that they've done and everything that they have the the potential to do based on what I've seen and then try and plug those things in. And I'm like, so, and obviously she's got James Krause in the corner who's going to be going through the same process as I am in his head, but f- far more focused on his fighter and knowing exactly what she's capable of. I'm speculating yeah. based on what I've seen from Invicta in the UFC so far. Megan's got a good jab and she's not, She's not too concerned about getting into a brawl off the bat. She knows she's got a reach and height advantage most of the time, and she has tailored her game to suit that. And her jab's not like a like she's she's not trying to ram the jab down down someone's throat. She's placing it nicely, it, yeah. yeah. Which which I think is valuable for her because Nunes to get inside is going to be trying to get around that jab or over that jab. Mm. So if Megan Anderson's really committing to that, that overhand right it's coming over Nunes throws is going to catch her. Yeah. Whereas if Megan's moving away and jabbing, every time Nunez is coming in, she's able to line her up with the jab and start picking her with the right hand. She might be able to catch her and start moving back, mm. in which case that head kick comes off the lead leg. When it comes to the grappling game, you've got to go Nunez all over. Anderson has shown good takedown defense up against the fence, though. And she had a great knee against Holly Holm as Holly Holm was changing levels yeah. against the fence. That's I, the, the, that, that beautiful <clears throat> advantage of being that tall is that you know that that knee up the middle mm. either in the clinch or even in the open sometimes it's just a it's just a weapon you don't have if you're mm. you know five foot four yeah yeah and and you know going going back to what you said about Nunes and and you know the way she bears her teeth when she's throwing her right hand what I was doing the other day is I was watching Nunes's fights I was pausing them right at the point where the right hand was about to make contact and oftentimes she's here yeah. and she's like, oh, oh, 
Yeah. And so her body's in this angle, in which case her knee coming up the centre. Yeah. She, she she might be able to time her to that. I mean, she like she was unfortunate she didn't knock Holly home out with that knee. Megan Anderson, I'm talking about yeah. against the fence. And uh, and Holly's a veteran. She knows how to how to turn fights around. You know, against adversity, which she, obviously she did. It, it's you know everyone's going to always favor Nunes. Um, and, and, and you know, you'd say probably these fight 10 times and Nunes wins nine. It doesn't mean the one time that Megan Anderson wins that, that that's not going to be this weekend because it could quite it's easily be. It's going to have a party if she wins. It, it's <laughs> gonna, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's highly unlikely, isn't it? but, the, you know, the, like we've, I mention all the time, the beauty of this sport is that nothing is cut and dry. Mm. There's always opportunity. It's too complex for anything to be yeah. zeros and ones. There's, there's always there's always chances and there's always angles. Mm. And Nunez is striking. She does she does forego some of the technical assets of her game for the power, mm. which which does work mm. out well for her. But there are times still when you know she is open, and and the closer she is to Megan Anderson in this fight, the safer it is for her. Even if she finds herself up against the fence with Megan Anderson with good head position, like she's so well at getting the judo throws from Nunez. He's going yeah. to be really beneficial. Any kind of body yeah. lock for a taller yeah. person. It's going to be a nightmare, isn't it? Mm. And, and the, the thing that always is going to work against Megan is that Nunez absolutely wrecked Felicia Spencer. Yeah. And Felicia Spencer choked out Megan Anderson. And there was there was a point where Nunez overwhelmed uh, Felicia, caught her with an uppercut as she was shooting, sprawled on her and took her back. And at no point would you have imagined mm. Anderson to be able to do the same thing to Felicia mm. Spencer. I, I mean, I think she's interesting because physiologically she is she is problematic given the fact that she is tall. I mean, I, she is 50% legs. Like if, yeah, if, you, yeah, if you drew yeah. a silhouette on a wall yeah. and you drew a line across, she's <laughs> yeah, like 50-50 yeah. legs. Yeah. And that, that can be a difference if she is able to th- flow through those combinations as Nunes is moving away. Mm. I don't, I don't think this is the case with Amanda, but I, obviously it's very hard to tell from the outside. I don't. She hasn't lost since 2014. Mm. Megan Anson is not necessarily a name. She could potentially underestimate her. And, you know, I, I don't get that feeling from what I've seen of her. I feel like she's the ultimate professional. And she, you know, she, mm. she would... Go well, I spoke to her on Friday. Yeah. I, I had a yeah. conversation with, with, with Anderson, uh, with uh, Nunes on Friday. And and she, like I said to her, you know, what what new things have you been working on? What uh, you know, what what's your training camp look like? And she was like, it's, honestly, I've not been working on anything new. Mm. I've been working on the things the that things are already good really already, good. Yeah. And I'm just making them better. Yeah. And and this was, if you remember, this was lined up for December. Mm. And the reason it, I mean, it says on she the record, a couple of cycles at getting ready for this. Yeah. yeah. I, on the record, it says that Nunes w- withdrew due to an undisclosed injury, but it, I think it was more down to Nina Ansaroff having a really rough labour. Right. Okay. Needing yeah. to be around. Yeah. And obviously with COVID and everything, like yeah, the, no, the no, hospital yeah. situation yeah. is difficult. So, from what I understood from from Amanda, like she was basically full-time parent for most right. of the months that she most of the weeks that she should have been training for that fight which okay. is why she withdrew i mean it changed you know that, that her life has changed you know but then nina's back in camp and looking yeah. in great shape yeah 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 so you know they're, they're both back on that but back on that train and and she now i think now they've turned the corner of you know baby being born and everything settling settles down. a little bit it's big disruption mm. then it sort of settles a little bit doesn't it i mean you know they're both in the same industry they're both chasing the same goals yeah um and they both love 
they both love the fact that they've got their little baby at the gym with yeah. them while, while they're training, you know. Yeah. And Nunez calls her a strawberry. And uh, it's, it, it's, I mean... It's like it, your worst nightmare having kids around while you're training in camp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they've never been my kids, but no. it's like... Maybe it's just my kids. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I'd imagine it'd be a... I'd imagine for some people it'd be a real distraction and for other people it'd be a real, a real boost. Yeah. The, the, like the, the reminder of... The reminder of what why you're doing this is constantly mm. in the gym with you. You're yeah. not gonna, you know, you're not gonna shave off thirty seconds of the last round. No, because your reminder is right there. Where, yeah. Whereas you you talked to Rakic going into his last fight, and he was actually sleeping in a different building because they just had a little boy, and it was yeah, you know, the yeah. conversation was I need to be ready for this. Uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of players when they have new new babies is they sleep in other rooms mm. or we find them in a lay by yeah <laughs> seven in the morning i'm a quick sitting sleep. in the car park yeah. before yeah, exactly yeah yeah locker in it's tough yeah. in it it's tough to tough to pick against it's, amanda uh, really and, it, it's um, the most certain fight on the card i would say yeah. and it's still potential for an upset yeah still potential for an upset uh well go on then what do you say i i gotta i gotta tell you mate this was a war room was this it? was Did one you of your best. Yeah. You know how I know we're grown ups? Is because I'll actually tell you when you do good things. <laughs> yeah. As back in the day, we just found a way of taking the piss. Oh, you're a fucking analyst now. <laughs> yeah. You're all right, mate. Calm down. Yeah. It was a very, very, very good one. I've really enjoyed watching it. Thanks. 450,000 people have viewed that. So then it's an yeah. uh, impressive product we got going there. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say you sort of covered everything you could possibly cover in there. Um, it's. You know, it's it's a scary, freakish Polish power against uh, precision hitman uh, in in Israel. Mm. This is this is mixed martial arts for me. This is why I'm in love with it. This mm. is this is this is it. Um, yeah. You know, you think the bigger, stronger, more powerful guy should win it, but then you know that skills pay the bills, and you know that precision beats everything. Mm. And you know, is there anyone as precise and as Israel at the minute, he's right. He's right at the pinnacle of it. Well, then, um, yeah, it's just in the balance That's it. It, it, to the point where maybe it comes down to who can manage this occasion, who can put them, who can manage putting their game plan and them as a fighter and almost like the soul of who they are as a martial artist in there at the right time under these extreme conditions because it doesn't get any better than it doesn't get any bigger than this really it doesn't who can impart a game plan that with the most precision and who can accommodate and adjust in real time fast enough because they both have an idea of what they're coming up against but both of them know both of them have an idea of what they're going to come up against mm. so they're always going to be laying these traps and you know I know you know that you know that I know and now I know you know that you know that I know do you know what I mean and this is this, this is the game mm. Um, I've seen I've seen some odd analogies floating around about this fight, which I'll I'll throw a new analogy out there because they're not you can't liken these two guys to cars. Yeah. Jan's a tank, and Adesanya is a sniper with with armor piercing range uh, yeah. uh, rounds. Yeah, that, that's the reality here. Is is Jan has got the potential to run him over, smash him up against the fence, beat him up in the clinch, drag him down, maul him on the floor, and arm triangle him. This is a bank heist. It's a, <laughs> this is a bank heist. Yeah. Have you seen Casa de Papal? No, I think on so. Netflix. Oh, Brilliant. Uh, uh, money heist. No, I haven't. No, money I haven't. heist, but uh, honestly, take my advice and watch it in Spanish with the subtitles. Two things in the world we're in, it actually makes you concentrate because you're having to read the titles mm-hmm. instead of scrolling your phone or half listen to it. And it is a brilliant series. And there's the professor, 
uh, is like the, the mastermind behind this bank heist and it's a massive elaborate plan and things go wrong, things go right and whatever. And he, he's like, he's he's like on the spectrum a little bit and he's mm. got this incredible plan that they've been planning for years and years. And I feel like that this is a bank heist. Is he shouldn't be coming up and trying to take this off Jan who does he think he is oh, do you know I what I mean he absolutely should do you know, do you know, what I mean? you know the narrative <laughs> yeah, though, do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. he can't come up a weight class and yeah. come challenge for the belt who, who are you but absolutely he can mm. absolutely he can it's going to be an epic encounter yeah. um, man I can't wait to watch it and yeah. like it conflicts you in terms of your feelings like you feel like Jan should be able to just to solidify this and be too big and too strong and too powerful and he, you know he has got that freakish Polish power that he you know he loves to talk mm. about and you know and his he's a body f- kicks are excellent as well yeah, yeah. but you know I'm on that I'm on that Israel hype train mm. I'm on that Israel hype train you, you, you've got to think if you're Jan though with the popularity of calf kicks you've got to think that's going to be a, a, one of your routes to victory because yeah. Adesanya you put so much emphasis on that lead leg placement yeah. and what he can do with his range from where he puts his lead foot like Jan, I, I, Jan's got a good chin. He takes a hell of a shot. The reason he got knocked out by Thiago Santos is because he was sprinting at his first. Mm. Like yeah. if if he's patient and walks his way in behind a good defense, a little bit Peter Jan as well, I suppose. You know, and allows some stuff to bounce off him. The challenge for Jan, and something I highlighted in in the the breakdown, is that he, he tends to be very reactive with his hands and his head. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, you're coming at me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move away, and I'm gonna push my hands out instead. And yeah, then you... the, that, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That is, it couldn't fall better into what is he wants. Exactly, because because Adesanya plays those games, games within games with Adesanya. Not only is he work, is he manipulating him, ma- manipulating you with his footwork, but he's also manipulating your guard play, with his feints and stuff. Play like we've, you know, recently we've talked about camps and how can you, how can you create learning from play mm. and how can how can you create skill acquisition from play and I've, you know again I'm in, I'm in the dark whether this is true or not but I feel like that camp plays a lot mm. and they they do coached playing it seems like um, it'd be interesting if it was just a completely traditional camp yeah. and nothing had changed then. yeah maybe <laughs> but then <laughs> on the flip side you've got Jan who's taking body kicks from heavyweights and he yeah. just was like <laughs> and he's yeah. like doing the whole kickboxer thing the blood sport thing again it's just you know it's beautiful matchmaking, you know. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. Which way do you go? What's your instinct telling you? Um, if they fought ten times, who wins? How many times? I would, I would sway towards being seven times Israel would win. Seven out of ten. It's exactly the same stat I've got. Yeah, about seventy percent chance of Adesanya winning. Yeah, Jan's got to work hard for a victory here. Yeah, very, 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 very hard. He might have been better facing the two hundred five John Jones before he right. moved up than Adesanya at this stage, because because the, 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 the speed the speed is, is a thing too. And like he's not good, he's not putting weight on to go up because he's yeah. going back down again. So yeah. he's just not going to not going to cut, which means he'll be comfortable he'll and be healthy. And and, all his systems are working, and he's he's you know speed speed across all sports is the most threatening physical characteristic because mm. you can't do too much about it. If you get beaten to the punch, you can be as strong as you want, but you're going to get beaten to the punch. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not the strong punch that misses. It's the punch that lands that does the damage. Mm. Yeah, you're man. You're to land two fifty percent power punches than 100% power that, that misses. misses. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Go on then. Yeah. Izzy, lock him in. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm well and truly... I'm, I mean, I'm just fascinated to see if he can pull, pull the high stuff or not. But, hell of a um, fight. 
Hell of a yeah. fight. Hell of a card. Taller and longer as well. Yeah. Hell of a what fight. What a card. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Hurry this week up. In it, right? Yeah. yeah. Make sure you go and get the app. Download it. Play along with us. Make make your picks and see if you can win some cash. You don't have to put your hand in your pocket. You can get money for a free account. So uh, go and get involved. £5,000. Is it five for grabs this time? This, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this time, yeah. Nice. That's a big chunk of cash. You can, yeah. get, you can have a part of that in your pocket if you make some good picks. So probably don't listen to us and make your own <laughs> picks. Um Hell of a card. Enjoy UFC 259. Dude, Boom. done. Another good episode. See you next time.